Welcome to Savvy Sabs Podcast on Call In. This is episode 115, Cult Behavior on the Left. Anna Kasparian has decided to leave the left, partly due to cult-like behavior. Is she correct? And what are your thoughts on this? Let's go ahead and bring in uh, Karthik. You are on the mic. And I'm just going to make sure that I have my my volume turned up. What's going on, Karthik? Hey, Zabby, what's up? So I have a question. So did she actually say she's leaving the left? Because I just thought she said that she's not sure, you know, where she stands. Like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that she ever, like, officially, like, left the left, like Dave Rubin or something. Well, Dave I, I, Rubin, I could be wrong. Maybe she did say that. I don't know. Right. Well, Dave Rubin left the left, but he is a clown. Went to the right. So <laughs> he left the left for the right. Um, but yeah, like basically she doesn't know where she stands, I guess, politically. But I mean, I just call BS with this. I think she's just upset because she got attacked uh, by viewers. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And um, for some of her comments and stuff like that. And I think that's what this is really about. Yeah, I mean, like, I still think, you know, she's still a social Democrat. So I, I, I don't think she, like, left, you know, the that position, let's say. But um, I'm sure I'm going to get shit sh- sh- shit on very soon for being, I'm, I'm sure I'll be accused of being a TYT shill in a second. Um, But I just do want to declare, you know, I definitely do think, you know, she's definitely at least partially responsible because she has, you know, it's like the uh, chickens are coming home to roost, you know, whatever the uh, right expression is, because she's definitely, you know, contributed to the same type of environment, you know, that she's like suffering from, you know, and TYT, you know, helped uh, kind of uh, uh, give birth to, you know, Rational National and Humanist Report and whatever surfs and, you know, I'm sure all the other channels I'm forgetting. David Pakman, uh, which a yeah, lot of yeah. don't know about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess because David Pakman has been around like for way longer than the, he's been around for like thirteen years. I mean, yeah, I guess so, but yeah, yeah, like it's it's well, they they were kind of like around like the similar time, but for, forget David Pakman for a second. Um, I'm sure I'm gonna get shit on because I do think that she is being you know uh, unfairly criticized because like because because TYT has made like dozens and dozens. I'm sure yeah, you can look it on the channels, dozens of pro-trans video so i think like her being called like trans hater or anti-trans photo or whatever it's un- very, uh, unfair that's just what i think well but she created that she ta- she created that type of environment that she's complaining about where you can't disagree with someone on one issue on the left or you're not considered leftist you're considered right wing uh because let's bring up something in reference to the pandemic right So obviously Jimmy Dore had a different opinion about the pandemic and more people have come to that realization as time has gone on. But in the beginning, he was one of the few that had a different opinion about it. Right. From the get go, they were smearing him as as right wing because of that. They smeared him as being right wing because he interviewed like the Boogaloo (laughs) boy. But it seemed to be okay when Jink Uger interviewed David Duke who's a Klansman. The gentleman that Jimmy interviewed was from a faction of the Boogaloo Boys that is not racist. In fact, the reason why he interviewed him because he was out there protecting Black Lives Matter's protesters. And see, they would leave that part out. And that was that was intentional. You know, no, there, there definitely is. Like, like I said, she's 100% uh, uh, contributed to the environment. And um. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get uh, attacked in the comments any second now, but I feel 
somewhat bad for her. obviously you know she's not poor or anything but i feel bad for her because because she joined tyt when she was 20 you know around yeah 20 i remember 2007 and um so like her entire you know like political um opinions or whatever like entire political life has been like uh uh, uh influenced by jank and you know like jank you could 100 because i'm sure you like me and you or other people may have had uh you know different people influencing us but for her it was 100 percent jank and like um and I, because I don't, I I don't watch TYT uh, uh, anymore. But when I used to, especially during the Trump era, she just seemed super miserable, and like it's it's all pretty obvious that she had like serious depression. So um, uh, I I I I don't feel bad for her anymore. But like, I just think she's getting attacked unfairly. That's all. At least for the things she said, because she's definitely not a transphobe. Well, but but see, the thing is, though, is that that rhetoric came from her network, though. It came from them, from them calling people like Jimmy Dore, the same thing that people are calling her now. And see, now that it's happening to her, she doesn't like it. But the thing is, is like, you know, let's let's call a spade a spade. What this shows you guys is that it was never really about those issues in reference to someone like Jimmy Dore. And it was more so about the fact that Jimmy Dore came out heavily and criticized the squad and criticized progressives. That was when they started to see, okay, well, Jimmy's a problem because he's criticizing people who were Justice Democrats. And then you got to remember, Jink was a co-founder of Justice Democrats. So for him, that was something that they were able to make money off of. Like him and Kyle, like they made money off of Justice Democrats. They were able to raise like a million. I still remember this. They were able to raise like a million dollars and stuff like that for Justice Democrats. You know, like I think I think it was two million uh, within like the first six months of 2017. I remember because I, I watched right. UIT nonstop back then. Right. So the thing is, is that when people criticize the squad, right, in a way it's kind of like you're criticizing Kyle and Jink because oh, yeah, it, was, 100%. Yeah. it was their project. But then once TYT started to criticize the squad, then it became okay and acceptable to do that. And that's what I have seen as someone who's a part of this space is that TYT, they have been the gatekeepers and left independent media. And so what I mean by that is that in order for an idea or strategy to be presented, it had to go through them first. They had to be the gatekeepers of it. And when you did things outside of that, like Jimmy has done and like RBN, you know, we have done, you're seen as a problem. We were actually told we did not go through the proper channels as if we didn't know any of these people. And second of all, I can do what I want with my own channel and I don't have a boss and I don't need to contact any of these people. Yeah, so, yeah, they, they were definitely uh, sh- shitting on uh, uh, healthcare activists, and you know, and, and you guys for your uh, general strike summit. While yeah, back. she literally, she literally said in that interview that I played tonight, she literally said that she doesn't care about these so-called fake activists on the ground. So she's not, she's not, um, she's not, you know, acknowledging the local activism and organizing that is happening on the ground. And she's that's on purpose is what I want people to understand. That's not a mistake because they knew about the marches for Medicare for all. They would not promote it on their show because it wasn't led by the progressives. You know, 
it's like it wasn't led by they the the politicians aren't a part of it then they're not going to promote it so all that went out the window there have been multiple actions they smeared julian assange now they claim to be like oh well julian assange needs to be freed i never see them at any of these assange rallies and these things happen every month so the thing is is that they purposely like smear or purposely suppress activism and organizing that is in reference to any issue that they feel is outside of the Democratic Party or is too far left, as she mentioned tonight on that interview, because then that hurts their brand. And that's what people have to understand. TYT, they call themselves to be progressives, but they're not far left. And that's why Anna continues to criticize people who are far left. Like they just want a little bit of reforms here and there. They don't really want to change the system. And that's why anyone who's to the left of them, they kind of see that as a problem or a threat. So what do they do in response? They try to smear you. Well, they try to suppress you or ignore you first. Then if they see you're starting to gain some traction, then they smear you as being right wing. And that's what they did to Jimmy. That's what they did to me. That's what they did to RBN. That's what they'll do to anyone who's to the left of them that's actually doing some shit because they ain't doing shit because they want to suppress us so that we don't gain more traction. Because if we do, like I said to their audience, it's a bad look for them because then people start to look at Jink and Anna and say, you guys got a studio. You got all these resources. Why aren't you guys helping out in these communities like some of these other podcasters are? Yeah, no, yeah, they're 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 definitely in a, a lot lot of uh, uh, horrible shit, and like I and I think you know Jank, I I do believe Jank is even worse than Anna, but yeah, we're splitting hairs. Um, I I do think she though in recent months at least she has gotten better, at least like Anna specifically, not Jank. Jank's you know hor- is horrible as hell anyway, but because I I know like last year she got like you know some traction or attention let's say because like she's like oh i'm never you know ever voting democrat again you know i was happy i'm happy she said that but i think the real test for her will come like during the election you know in 24 like if she was democrat and also like um went on foreign policy and imperialism i think that's when like the real test um for her will, will come at least that'll be interesting i think if she was really serious about you know moving away from from all of this and really making a change at the end of that interview, she said she's not leaving TYT. That tells me she's not serious about making any type of change because obviously we know the Democratic Party has a foothold in the TYT network. That's why Jeffrey Katzenberg gave them that uh, $20 million to continue to keep people in the Democratic Party. The moment they start to, or what Anna tries to do or whatever, wants to try to do this pivot or whatever, they probably going to have to tell her, well, you're gone and we'll bring in someone that will continue to do what you were doing. But I really do think a lot of this has to do with viewership. They may have like 5 million-ish subscribers, but their view count don't reflect that. Their oh, view- yeah, 100. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, I, I forget the, the technical term, but they have very low like uh, 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 viewer um, interaction. I don't, yeah, I forget the term. But uh, yeah, you're, you're definitely right. Um, but, uh, there was that thing a while back where, where she she had this this basically this on air fit there she was calling out the squad and oh, oh yeah it was after Roe v Wade yeah no, yeah that's what I was talking about it was like it was like May or July last year like oh yeah I'm never voting Democrat ever again and like and, I, I and wanted the big to believe reason her. why she got all worked up was because it affected her 
personally. The yeah, Roman it Reigns was decision. two reasons. Well, the first time was because they didn't support Nina Turner. And the second time, like six weeks later, was because of Roe, uh, uh, you know, V. Wade. But then, really. it, but then it was just like a day or two later that then, then she turned it, then she backed off of it because she got a talking to. Yeah, it was like less than 24 hours. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, she's not real. I mean, it, it's all it's all a show. You know, that, that's what it is for both Anna and Jank. I think that's something we have to keep in mind. It, it's a show to them. It, it, it isn't real for them. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, know, for Jank, it definitely is a show. I can tell, um, hundred uh, percent. And and don't and don't let Anna off the hook saying, "Oh, Jank is is like his influence her influencing her and all this." I mean, she's an adult. It's not. You yeah, know, and she, I'm just she, saying, like, she, she was really young when, when she met him. That's all. When she was 20, that's all. Um, but well, 20's an adult. Yeah, it is. Um, but, Sabi, you said, um, what, you know, you're surprised at leaving TYT or something. No, I'm, I, I, it honestly makes sense that she's staying at TYT because nobody else is going to hire her. Who's going to hire her? And and there's no other place where she can have, like, you know, the, the uh, control she has uh, TYT because at TYT she's an uh, uh, executive producer. So can you imagine if she left and just tried to do her own channel? No, <laughs> no one needs to. No one has to hire her. Like, yeah. why not be bold and just? She can just do her own thing. Now, granted, she may not get as many views, and I and I think she knows that. Yeah, well, uh, uh, Eric, you said you know, I think you said she could have her own channel or whatever. Well, she did that a long time ago, like seven years ago, and, and nobody it's watched a joke, it. You know, it, it would get nothing. Yeah, it, it was around the same time when Jimmy like first started his own, like the first few months of his channel, and even he like just started, and, and Anna had way more name recognition. He was getting way more viewers, even though like he was barely known at all back then. Well, the thing is too is that uh, now it's like if you, which I don't think she's going to do. Now it's like you got two options. You either continue doing what you've been doing and continue losing views uh, and continue pushing a strategy that a lot of people have walked away from, or you apologize to Jimmy Dore and start collaborating again, which I don't think she's going to do that because if that's the case, then she has to admit that she was wrong. And then you look some kind of way. You look like a fool. Yes, she she would have to uh, uh, retract her uh, Me Too accusation. And a bunch of other things, calling people right wing and and all this crazy stuff. Like the fact that she said in that interview, she's like this stupid, those stupid prison abolitionist people. You know, when uh, um, Alamia Lauren was on that show and talked to her about prison abolition, she didn't call it stupid then. But now that she was on a platform with two white guys where neither one of them really agreed with it. Now, all of a sudden, she voiced how she really feel and say that it's stupid. You know, I just don't. She she give me Karen vibes. Like feel the empathy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she's. I get this fake, the fake. I can feel the fakeness from her, and my whole thing is just like I just don't trust any of it. Now I think she has points about uh, the left having cult like behavior, but again, like I said, her network created that. Yeah, no, she's definitely responsible for it, and um. Like she at least seems more happier, and I think she seems happier because she's. It seems like she hates other people less, at least. Because I, I saw an interview, she was saying like she's trying to like be more open minded and like hear people out. So I guess that's good, you know. Like o- overall, for like a, 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 a political spaces, at least. She won't be trying to hear my ass out because I'll keep it real with her, and she would never want to come back on. Yeah, for sure. 
I, I don't see why you're giving her the time of day, Karthik. I mean, uh, I guess I'm just a trying to be objective here of, um, of just straight up meanness from this woman. I mean, it's I'm just trying to be open minded. <laughs> that's all. But maybe I'm too open minded. <laughs> but uh, last thing I'll say before I go is, yeah, in terms of the cult uh, question, I do think it sometimes is because, like, I, I'm, I'm sure Jenkins and I have talked about this recently. But if you have like certain opinions on like trans people in sports or or, uh, or uh, whether or not like trans youth should be able to uh, uh, undergo HRT and things like that, you know, before they're eighteen, you can get called a transphobe uh, very very quickly. Okay, Karthik, why? This is a question that 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 the way I think this should always be thrown back. Why? Why is it up for debate what treatments parents choose for their kids? I mean, why, why is this a thing? And why, especially on the left, I mean, if, you know, that's, that's up to the parent, the child and the doctor. Why is this even a, a thing? I'm just saying that if you're under 18, you know, yeah, it's like some decisions uh, might be, uh, you might be too young to make certain decisions. That's all. We're not talking about okay, so who should make the decision. So who should make the decision? You, me, the government. I mean, obviously it's up to the parents and the doctor. Why, why is this a debate? No, I know. I'm just saying that, you know, like, some, See, maybe this, something. This whole thing is bullshit, Carly. That's this, all. This, this whole thing is bullshit. This, this, this is one of, another one of those things that's put out there to get people worked up and, and arguing about, about these things. And, you know, it's, uh, it's not a real debate. You know, it's, you know, at, at best you, you can put it in terms of, of you know, the, the medical part of it is as, you know, how the, 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 the medical boards, you know, what's the standard of care and whatnot. Fine. I mean, there should be pro- professional things and whatnot, but, you know, putting, putting that out there, it's just putting that out there into the culture war and into the debate to me is just gross. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Erica, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, Savvy, uh, good talk as always. See you later. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carl. Good talk, Eric. <laughs> Likewise, Garlic. Hope I didn't come to come in too hot on you. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> All right, Scotty, you are on the mic. You just gotta unmute. Hey, what's uh, up, Scotty? It's, it's been a while. Uh, uh, it's been working. Uh, have been able to uh, call in as much, but uh, yeah, I, I actually heard about you know all this. Um, fuckery going on through uh, Twitter because, uh, you know, I haven't actually, I haven't been really a fan of them since uh, 2016. Like, that was my cutoff point. And so, like, you know, I like Karthik, but um, he is giving her way too much credit. This woman, first off, can you hear me? Yep. This woman was the valedictorian of her class at USC as a master. She's smart enough to know better what she's doing is, is harmful to people. Like, so I don't, I don't buy that shit that, you know, she's just like, you know, doing this stuff and like she's getting, you know, crapped on or whatever. Like, no, like she knows exactly what she's doing. She's a, she's an aggrieved rich white woman who has been the gatekeeper of online left discourse. And now that they see that their grip on the discourse isn't as strong as it's been, 
that they don't like it. And also, like, again, if you, if you go back in their history, they've always been this way. They've always really, they like, they were never revolutionary in their rhetoric or in their, their takes. Like, they really didn't have a, they didn't really associate with like socialists or communists until uh, the Bernie Sanders campaigns. And then, you know, Anna Kasparian strikes up a friendship with, uh, with Michael Brooks. And then that supposedly opened her up to socialist ideas. And then she became the host of the Jackman channel. But without Michael Brooks, that channel tanked. Um, yeah, and like the people who I'm also upset over are the satellite channels who sat back and watched them smear Jimmy Dore. Yep. And especially what they did, only because they don't like Dore. They think he, they, you know, say he's an asshole. We all know he's an asshole. We watched him for years on the channel. He was that way on air. So, like, I don't know what the fuck they uh, talk about. And also, like, this, what they did with Aaron Mate was so reprehensible. They literally tried to ruin this man's career and pull a McCarthyist, uh, like, McCarthyism, right? Like, I had only heard about, like, the stuff that went down during the McCarthy era, like people losing their jobs and like, like, like the uh, feds coming into high schools and like having teachers lose their jobs because they, you know, they might have been a communist. But like to sit there and accuse somebody of being paid by Russia and not ap- apologize for that and like not even offer evidence to, uh, to that, like, and then these motherfuckers, like, uh, Figueredo and, uh, Dole and, um, like, like, the people on the network not defend him when that went down, that, uh, like, that was just like, oh, I can't fuck with these people, like, like, they don't even have any principles, but it was only when, and, like it was only when the this, and I hate to you know put it this way because there's a lot you know trans uh, people deserve dignity, but unfortunately these issues become like a um, like a, a, an aesthetic for these people, right? So like saying that you care about trans rights or LGBT rights, like to these people they kind of wear it like as part of an aesthetic or or virtual signal. So when it got to the point where it started to affect them and their beliefs about it, uh, and like their uh, how their social circles might not like the way that like they responded to it, then that's when they had a problem. It was all like it was okay with their you know issues of um, uh supporting imperialism like they like fucking like they supported uh Gaddafi uh getting murdered in Libya right mm-hmm. they support like Cenk Uyghur supported uh 
the bombing in Syria, like, they, they, they supported that. They supported that stuff. And it wasn't a problem for them then because it wasn't affecting them. And they, you know, that wasn't high on their list. They, they didn't say a word when they smeared Julian Assange. They made fun of Julian Assange. Yeah, they made fun of him. And so this is basically, I don't see this as like them quote unquote leaving the left because they never necessarily been left. Like they were always like they at first called, they tried to fight for the right to call themselves liberal in the beginning. Like I watched them <clears throat> back uh, from oh, 2007. That's how long back, uh, that's how far back I go, right? I came uh, on like right after Jill Pike was, uh, if you remember that name, this is how far back I go. Jill Pike was there, right? Whoa. I, yeah, that, that's, I'm, I'm an older millennial, so I don't see, I don't see them. I, like, I used to watch, like, the, the YouTube atheist community, like, the Bayesian atheist, Thunderfoot, that's, like, I've, I've seen all them come and go. So I've I've seen everything that's like transpired, um, but yeah, they they were never necessarily sold on being like they've always wanted to be real edgy for MSNBC, but sort of seem like the adults in a room for normie Democrats. And that's always been a weird place to be at because it's like, like you really think that like, and also I'll even I'll even out myself with this. This is how far back I go. They actually led an email campaign to get a show on M- MSNBC, and they asked their viewers to actually you know get them on the show. And I was actually hell. I actually. Uh, this is back in 2008 or like 2009, 2010. And hell, I was even one of those people like, hey, like you need to uh, let TYT have a show because, you know, this is during the time of Keith Overman and Ed Schultz and Rachel Matt. I'm sorry. Right. I just want to make sure I'm, I, I understand correctly. They tried to get a show on MSNBC. Yeah, like they, it was, it, 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 I remember this like, it was a funny thing because um, they um, it was an email campaign, and uh, and it was funny is because uh, <coughs> this is when I think Mark Marin was still with uh, I don't think it was called Majority Report at the time. It was called Break Room Live, and like Jank eventually did get a show on MSNBC. Um, but uh like even him and Sam Cedar joked about like doing like mock political attack ads on each other as a way to you know <laughs> get like you know uh, as a way to get a TV show on MSNBC and like wow. yeah like this is, they've always wanted to be like they wanted to be the new face of the Democratic Party. Right, the whole idea of 
being able being the ones go ahead that's just gross because it's like what's the point what's the point of of going to like independent media if you're just going to try to go back onto corporate media oh because it was in the big it was in the beginning of youtube um because like i said this was like the late 2000 youtube started in 2006 Mm-hmm. And the craziest thing about it is, like, it, you know, you talk about them uh, being, you know, because they're built in. They're the very first YouTube partner. And I mean, the very first YouTube partner. Like, because I, I remember, because they used to go on the website, because they used to stream it. They used to stream the um, the show from YouTube. But they will also stream it from the website. And, you know, there will be part of the show that would still be on the radio. And then, like, uh, they think the second hour would be mainly on the Internet. Because, they're like, at that point, you could, you know, they could be more free to say what they're saying. And <laughs> that's when all, like, the Howard Stern, like, behavior uh, was going on. Which yeah. I always thought that was funny that when they did that shit with Door, and when they did that shit with Door, I was like, oh man, they fucked up. Yeah, that, that, that changed I everything. Said, I said, like, I thought to myself, like, I used to watch the show. All he has to do is pull clips from the uh, the second hour. And he's going to ether. Like, this is going to be ugly. Sure enough, what did he do? And so, like, that, this is them. This is just them trying to assuage their ego, like, uh, like and, like, for money. Because they, they're, they're so thin-skinned. They're, they're incredibly thin-skinned. Like, they don't take criticism well. But they don't take criticism well from their left. No, they be giving me they give me Karen vibes, uh, Scott. Like I'm serious. Like honestly, if I want to deal with that type of behavior, then you might as well just deal with the Hillary Clinton like suburbanite wine moms that already live here in in the suburbs here in Massachusetts. And the crazy, yeah, that's how they're gonna be. And the crazy thing about it is, they complain about how Democrats treat their base. But yet, they're acting like those same people who treat uh, the people that they raised politically with contempt. It's almost like... But uh, I'm telling you, Scotty, it's a class issue. Like, I really do. Like, they don't know how to take people who don't... Look, Jink had money from the get-go. People know this, right? You guys know that like Jink had money from the get-go. It's not like he ever had to struggle. Yeah, he grew up in middle uh, upper middle class New Jersey. Right. Same thing with Hassan Piker. Like these people have money from the get. So like they don't know and look, you can't help the way that you you were raised, right? Or what you were born into. But my thing is, how can you push worker rights and working class rights and issues for years, but you don't even talk to those people? They don't even go out into the community to talk to working class people. And then they smear. You just saw her on the the, the freaking inter- 
interview smearing activists. Yeah, that. <laughs> the other yeah, but these other people that like are now leaving their network, including the Figueredo, they got to take the. They don't want to do that because they figure well. <clears throat> like they're standing for something. Well, no, they just they just felt uh, their own sensibilities uh, being attacked, and but you can definitely tell that the issues of anti-imperialism and like anti-war and like every other thing that like TYT has fallen off for is not that important with the so Now these like cultural issues are very important to them. Other like things that like put you solidly on the left, not so much. But I will. I'll end it this way because uh, I actually did. Um, I actually did say this during your stream with JB uh, when you guys were talking about like Diddy and Jay Z, like um, a few things as far as like and you might want to. You still might want to look up the. Um, 1991, and I actually mentioned this because, um, do you remember when, um, Travis Scott, uh, had that concert at Astro World? Yes, I, I covered that. I remember you mean when the people got trampled? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yo, I mean, you know what's crazy? Well, it's not crazy, but it, it's really like, it's subtle, but like uh, I mentioned, the nineteen ninety one City College incident. Um, you know how the American Music Awards invited Travis Scott to perform, and who was the person who introduced him? It was Diddy, and he said, "We're going to uncancel Travis Scott." First of all, you can't sit there and you personally can't be the one to uncancel anybody. Like, you don't have that power. But really, it is like, that's his guilty conscience uh, speaking, because this guy, and unfortunately, Heavy D, who's not here with this anymore, but in 1991, they held this celebrity basketball game. Um, you know, a lot of people showed up, like, uh, Mike Tyson uh, showed up as part of, as a guest. Hello, Cool J. Um, and if you ever been to City College, um, uh, it was the gym. It's the gym at City College that they're having the uh, celebrity basketball game in. Um, unfortunately, the entrance is like these like flight up stairs that lead down to the gym. And that was their entrance, and they overbooked the event, right? And so they they didn't have enough security. They had a few uh, guys from the Nation of Islam and certain people, because like like uh, Diddy, well Sean Combs at the time, but like Combs uh, and Heavy D had helped organize this, but. Um, they didn't have the logistics right. And so they, um, like, they didn't have enough people. The doors opened up, and there was 900 people to fit in in this. Now, I'll have to send you the link 
to the video of what this actual flight of stairs looks like, but doors open up and people got trampled. Right? And it was nine people that ended up dying. One of those uh, people who ended up dying was a pregnant woman who, and I've heard this in interviews, was um, a young MC's baby's mother. If you remember Young MC, yeah, yeah, like this, like this incident happened, and this was uh, what actually got Diddy fired from Uptown. He gets fired from Uptown, but he started a Bad Boy Records two years later. So, like, this is like, um, like you know, pre-internet age. Like a lot of people didn't know who uh, Sean Combs was. And so this happened. They end up getting sued, and they were uh, found liable. I think they were found liable, but, like, I think they had to pay. Uh, I'm not sure if they had to pay, but, like, the, uh, the suit got settled in, like, 1999. So for him to actually sit there and make that statement, like, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I am going to wrap I am going to wrap this up, but I do see, you know, before antsy, my my bad. I didn't mean to take it this long. But. Oh, I was going to say, can you email it to me? Yeah, so it's the, the 1991 City College incident. But, okay. All right. Because I, I right. want to check that. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. All right. I'm going to bring in, we're going to bring in Robin, and then I'm going to go to Notori. What's up, Robin? Hey, Sabby. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. I miss talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, um, you know, some people, it was brought to my attention, I guess, uh, some people stopped doing call-in because, like, um, you know, they stopped paying people or whatever. And, um, but I just, I mean, this is the only platform I have to actually, like, talk to you guys. Like, just keep it real. Um, and I don't know how to do a call in on YouTube. I really don't know how to do it. I know some people do have those shows where you can call in. I don't, I don't know how to do it, but I figure I'd still do at least one a week. But what's up? What's your take on all this? All right. Well, it's, it's interesting for me because, you know, I'm not on the left. So, you know, it's like, I don't have a dog in this left on left fight type of deal. Um, you know, and then, at the same time that this is going on with you guys, with uh, Anna, I see today that uh, the Freedom Caucus kicked out Marjorie Taylor Greene because she called Lauren Bobert a B on the House floor type of deal. So yeah, they're going to be covering whole, that tomorrow. A whole nother right on right thing going on. And here I am, you know, libertarian voting person just kind of sitting back and looking at both sides going this is messed up mm -hmm. <laughs> all the way around now i will say this about um this situation with anna kasparian and uh you know again this is coming from somebody that's not on the left um you know i didn't know anything really know anything about anna kasparian other than what I saw with her interactions with the right, specifically regarding her debates and conversations that she would have with 
uh, Ben Shapiro from the Daily Caller and, and what have you. And, you know, when I would listen to her on those things, she seemed like a reasonable enough uh, person or whatever. When I would see her on uh, TYT, it's just like, okay, this is typical liberal stuff or whatever, you know. And so I, when I saw the explosion on Twitter about, uh, in YouTube about, oh, she's left the left and, and, and everything, I did not look at the people reacting to it. I did go straight to the video to see what was going on and stuff. And um, again, not knowing all the backstory behind TYT and how, you know, like do dissidents and you're saying she formulated this Frankenstein monster that is coming back to attack her now. I don't have that background, but I'm hearing this now. You know, I'm listening to a lot of these things and I'm feeling a little bit sympathetic, just kind of like Cawthard or is that his name? That was the first caller or whatever. Um, um Karthik? Karthik. Not yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Because, you know, as you, as I've shared with you, I'm kind of going through my own political journey up and down or whatever, you know, I'm libertarian, you know, with a conservative band, or I may be conservative with a libertarian band or whatever, but then I still have these other, um, you know, I mean, I'm very much a populist, you know, and I'm, and I'm trying to figure out my way in terms of what do I call myself? So I understand the concept of being politically homeless. So I gave her, I'm giving her grace in that area. But again, understanding that I don't know all of the history and the backstory and looking at you today, you have a lot of passion and fire about <laughs> you know <laughs> your feelings about that. And I get that. I really do. So I'm not trying to come in and be like, Captain Save Anna, you know, I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to Captain Save a Casparian or none of that type of stuff. You know, all I'm trying to say is I understand what it's like to be kind of figuring out your way. Unfortunately for Anna, if she, if I take her at her word and I'm, I understand that many people that are listening do not take her at her word. And I, I get that. But as someone who is going to give her the benefit of the doubt, I do see that she's at a disadvantage from me because I don't have 10, 12, 15 years of, you know, uh, public commentary about things and, and dragging people and doing all of this other kind of stuff and then wanting to have an about face because there are two or three issues that I disagree with that community now. And now it's coming back to bite me. I do get that, you know, but I also understand that, you know, I, I want to say that I, I want to give people room to try to figure out where they really feel about what they really feel about different things and stuff like that or whatever. But it's, I know for public people, that's hard. And for her, you know, I, you know, I would almost feel better if she knows that she's politically homeless now that she would take the time to maybe step back from TYT. You know, it, and maybe and my recommendation would be for her to step back until the end of the presidential election. 
don't say jack squat about nothing about nothing and find you know and find your own philosophy about things and you map that out yourself and maybe trust you know take it to advisement trusted people you know i don't know if it's the left or the right or in the center or maybe all of the above to help you map that stuff out but stop talking <laughs> just i mean for for people to understand or to give you the benefit of the doubt just shut up for a while you know and here's where i come from from that okay moses moses was 40 years old he thought he was going to liberate his people and everything. He was 40. He kills somebody. He goes off. You know, he tries to talk to somebody on his side about stuff. And they were like, oh, what? So you don't kill us too? And so he had to go. And so mm -hmm. then he had to shut up for 40 years. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying Anna's got to shut up for 40 years. But I'm just saying that when you find yourself in this, you know, this ambiguity area of where you're changing or trying to figure out philosophically where you stand, a lot of times it's best not to speak those things out loud while you're going Ooh. through that process when you, if you're sincere. That's what I'm saying. And so, like, for me, that's what I go through. You know, I come in on here on call-in and stuff, and I tell you little by little what things that I feel and, you know, and how I'm working through stuff or whatever, you know, but I just don't go blasting out everything because I'm still learning and growing and developing my philosophy until I feel like whatever I say, I can support. And if I can't support it, you best believe I'm not saying it, you know, that right. type of deal. So I, my prayer for her is that she would find some people in her life that would gather her and kind of navigate, okay, if this is real, if this is really real, maybe you just need to, you know, clamp it down and maybe, like I said, even step back from the public sphere until you can get some grounding. That's number one. Number two, she, I really do believe that in this situation, because she has made public rifts with various people be it Jimmy Dore or whoever, whoever, whatever. I don't know all of the people that she's had these public rifts with. I know that the most uh, public one that I know of is Jimmy Dore. Yep. Once she settled those things in her mind, she needs to go and reconcile with Jimmy and whoever else it is, you know. And so then whether she finds herself on the left, right, center, or in between, you know, the fact that, like you mentioned during your video, uh, during your live, that, you know, those very things that she trashed people for uh, before in terms of reaching out, she needs to reconcile that because that's exactly what she's doing. And I don't think that that's something that she can avoid, no matter what side of the spectrum she ends up falling on eventually, because nobody is going to take her seriously if she doesn't mend those fences. And even if, like I said, if, you know, you can agree to disagree with Jimmy or, you know, RBN or, or whoever else that, you know, she drug. And again, I don't know other than Jimmy who she drug, you know, but as long as she can, if she can at least reach out to those people after she's kind of done that internal work, 
then, you know, that's going to be hard for people to look at her a certain kind of way in terms of how she wants to be looked at type of deal. So. Yeah, that's going to take some self-reflection. And then, you know, it's there's there also has to be some humility there as well, because you can't. You can't, uh, you know, you're 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 now being accused of doing the same thing that you accused Jimmy Dore of doing, and you want people to give you that that grace. Exactly, you have to give that grace to Jimmy Dore, and then not to mention she tried to like freaking ruin Aaron Mate's career publicly, and still refused to apologize. Yeah, those types of things, I would say that she would have to. To, to mend those fences because again, you know, I'm coming from a biblical perspective. I'm looking at people like Paul who was adamantly on one side of the fence, you know, when it came to Jesus and then radically changed. But then before Paul could go out into his ministry and everything, you know, it was like this one guy called Ananias uh, got this word that said, Hey, this guy, Paul, he's coming to you and he's blind and he's he's seen the light and and Ananias is like what the crap are you talking about this man has been dragging us and throwing us into prison and killing us and what are you you know and so he you know Paul had to go to this man and this man and Paul had to work together and kind of figure all that other kind of stuff out or whatever and then this man had to go and vouch for him and say no he's not going to kill us anymore that's how big of a deal it was and when I hear, when I heard your passion during your live, I'm like, this is not something where she can just say that. I mean, she's going to have to do some real hard work if she wants to bridge that gap. I don't know if she wants to bridge that gap. And, you know, and that's, that's the thing that, you know, as you were talking, I was listening to this stuff and I was just going, I see her making overtures to my side towards the right. But I'm not hearing the, I was wrong on this side and I, you know, and I want to reach out to you on the left type of deal. That's the part that I'm missing from her. You know, I feel the overtures on my side and I know from the right side, libertarian slash conservative far right slide, they're well, they're, they're, we're ready to, you know, welcome her with open arms, but she's got a whole lot of, uh, fences to mend on the left before she can even start that conversation about whatever it is she wants to talk about from her perspective now. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into this. And I, I think that, you know, I mean, she's, again, she's not going to do anything that's going to make herself to make it look like she was wrong. You know, there's a lot of pride. I've Something I've noticed, there's a lot of pride in this space. So there's some people who will never admit they're wrong, even though they know that they're freaking wrong, right? Yeah, and, and you know, and I will say, give her some space to, she might admit that she was wrong. She might. Now, I'm not telling you to expect that or to, to wait for it or to hold your breath or whatever. I'm just saying, you know, again, I've got this Pollyanna Christian perspective that says that people... People do come to their senses and they do repent of their sins type of deal. So, uh, but I'm also saying don't hold your breath on that, you know, and don't, uh, and don't receive her back until that happens is what I'm saying. 
Um, but yeah, you know, that's my two cents from just kind of outside looking in, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, like I said, I don't have a dog in this fight one way or the other, you know, I'm not a communist, leftist, Democrat, whatever. I'm just seeing what's going on type of deal. And because again, for me, knowing the political transformation and journey that I'm going through, particularly, like I've told you before, Sabby, one of the biggest things for me is to declare that I am not a Zionist was a big deal for me, you know, and I'm not going around, you know, putting bumper stickers on my car about it or whatever, but I'm not ashamed of that either, you know, type of deal. You know, I understand where, when people are just kind of like in this middle ground and, you know, just like, wow, this is a big step for me to do that, you know, and then, you know, still not trying to figure out, you know, still trying to figure out, well, what does that mean for me on this or that or the other? I don't have any idea what the right solution is for Israel and Palestine and whatever other than I know that what I see is not right. And, but I don't know how it needs to be fixed, you know, and people can drag me for Phil for all, you know, for all of that. All I'm saying is as of today, this is where I stand as a Christian for me to come out and say, I am not a Zionist, that is a big, big thing, <laughs> you know? And so I feel a lot of sympathy for people who find themselves walking through, trying to figure out what's going on. And then, you know, again, I don't have to do this publicly because I'm not a public figure, but I understand that people like Anna, whatever are, I also understand, like you were saying, that there's another element that of, again, I don't know Anna from a hill of beans, but you guys have known and interacted with her through her videos with TYT and whatever. And there's a whole nother aspect that I don't get. And so I can't argue against those things that you said. I cannot, but I'm praying for her and I'm praying that, you know, ultimately she will find the right space and that she would do the right thing. And that in, in terms of those people that she has offended and that she has hurt, that she will go and reconcile with those people and bring them, you know, and that she would find some, some sort of reconciliation from that perspective. Well, one thing I've noticed too, is I've watched her over the years, try to make herself appear to be physically more Anglo. Oh. Now, what do I mean by that? So Anna Kasparian is um, Armenian. Mm -hmm. Over the years, she has had work done. And you guys can look at the pictures from when she first joined into now. Where she has had plastic surgery done to make herself appear to look more Anglo. And so now it's gotten to the point where, and I've seen this happen before. It's gotten to the point where if you don't know like the history or, or really where she comes from, you might just look at her like, oh, okay, it's, it's you know, white woman, da, da, da. but she's Armenian. Right. So again, it's just like, to me, I don't, you know, you start to see things, I, I think, in this space. Like over time, I have started to see people start to look a little bit different. And I don't mean people went to the gym and did some weights and shit. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about 
people have had plastic surgeries that I know cost a lot of fucking money. Mm -hmm. So over the years, you see people get nose jobs, people got new teeth, got veneers, like stuff like that. Their boobs have changed. And it's just once you get to a place where you're comfortable with that type of money, I think it's really difficult. I don't want to say difficult. I think that you are less likely to want to even try to give back. And and the way that they really suppress like activism and things that were happening in this country on the ground, they heavily suppressed it. The Amazon um, fight with Chris Smalls, they promoted that. But what people have to understand is that was also connected to the Democratic Party. And this is another thing more people, I'm surprised they're not calling out. And Colin pointed this out on Twitter the other day. Chris Smalls is taking donations for Amazon, but the donation was at Blue. And so people were calling him out in the comments like, why are you asking people to donate their money to Act Blue for Amazon workers? So I think people are starting to see, you know, it's like, why not have that money go to a GoFundMe, right? Or go have that money go to a um a freaking like worker strike back who's trying to unionize any Amazon like warehouses all across the country. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me Chris Smalls was telling people to donate to Act Blue? Yeah, it's on Twitter. It's on Twitter. Wow. It says donate to Amazon to help out the Amazon. Wow. They, they, you're telling kidding. me they turned him? I kind of felt this was always wow. coming, though, to be honest. This is why we said, don't go meet Joe Biden at the White House. Wow. This is why we said, don't let Bernie and AOC get their hands up in. This is why. Wow. I am, wow. Okay. News Network has, um, They've been doing work on this for a quite a while, quite a while. Like they wrote like newsletters and everything about how they were, they were pinning the connection to the Amazon, like to ALU, to the Democratic Party. They've been researching this for quite some time. And then there it is, just plain as day on Twitter. Donate to Act Blue. This is in Indie News Network has been doing this work. Yeah. So like Colin, I think Colin was in the chat tonight. Um, you know, let me I, see. You know, Look, I can go to his page right now. Oh, uh, while you go into that page, I mean, that just amazes me because you know, I follow Indie News Network and I don't look at all of their streams and stuff like that. But I will say, Savvy, I am every time that I go look at their channel and I look at their lives and stuff and I see 15 people, 25 people, I'm going, What is this? What is this going on that nobody is looking at this channel? You know, and I know that it's suppression or whatever. You know, it's just ridiculous. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier on your live about, you know, um, all of these algorithms and things like that. And, you know, the government coming in and, and not just whispering in Big Tech's ear, but basically bringing a big stick to Big Tech's ear and saying, I'm going to bash your ear in if you don't do X, Y, and Z. The fact that I don't know that Chris Smalls has been potentially co-opted, you know, by the Democrat establishment by driving donations to Act Blue is ridiculous. I should well, know that. I put the I put the link in the chat 
so people can see it. That's his Twitter. That's the tweet right there where he said, donate. And he said, donate to Amazon for his birthday. But it goes, if you look at it, it says secure act blue. And Colin actually retweeted that and called him out on it. But Indie News Network, like Indie Left News, they've been following this for quite some time. Like they wrote a newsletter. In fact, they got attacked for it because they tried to tell people last year that Chris Smalls was connected to the Democratic Party. And a lot of people didn't want to hear it. But now you see. That, uh, that, wow. Now, what they were, what they, what Chris Malls and ALU, I assume, would claim is that Act Blue is just the payment processor and that all the donations. No, that's not a thing. I don't believe that. I'm not buying that. Right. But I'm just saying, for their side of it, to play devil's advocate, that would, that would be their side. The devil is a lie and the truth (laughs) ain't in them, is what I'm saying. Now, to me, the whole Act Blue part is sus. Yeah. Yeah. Plus they, they, plus they weren't taking money from before when you could give the donations, it wasn't act blue. No, I mean, wow. That is just, wow. I, I, I I had all kinds of things I wanted to talk to you about, Savvy, but I'm just, you just, I I don't want to talk about nothing else right now. I'm just, I, I, I don't even want to talk about this right now. This is just amazing because Again, for somebody like me, you know, who spent the first 15 years of my life, you know, in my professional career in human resources and battling on, you know, on the side of companies while also having sympathies towards, you know, the working class and the unions and stuff. And so especially now that we see these uh, the UPS strike looming at the end of this month and me being in HR, you know, when the UPS strike took place while Bill Clinton was still in office, you know, and how that was going on and me seeing this history repeat itself basically again as it related to part-time workers. This was, this is the exact same thing that caused the UPS strike to happen under Bill Clinton, it's coming up again where where the, the talks fell apart. And so now I'm seeing the person who, you know, uh, from my perspective, was the champion of this new wave of union organizing with Christian Smalls and the Amazon, uh, you know, uh, union. And now it's turned on its head and he's saying for my birthday, you know, donate to my that, adversary. But it's it's not even an, a now thing. Like, uh, according to, and I'll have to ask Indy Left to send me that newsletter again. Indy reported on this, uh, like, last year. Okay, see, I didn't know that, you know. This yeah, is- like, he was, they were connecting the dots. Like, there was a couple of things that happened, like, after they won. And it was one of those things we kind of kept just between us. Right. And um, like, you know, in, in DM circles. Right. But uh, we all started to see, realize like we were seeing the same things. Right. So something weird happened uh, after Amazon won. Chris Smalls refused to go on to smaller platforms, mm-hmm. even the same ones that he had been on before. Right. So some people may remember this. I don't know how long everyone's been with me, but. 
Chris Malls used to be in my intro video. Mm-hmm. Because he came on two years ago. That was towards the beginning when I started my show. I had way less subscribers then, obviously, than I than I do now. He had no problem going on small channels back then. Um, and even back then, I think Jimmy Dore was the first person that brought him on, if I remember correctly. So, but then after he won, something weird happened. It was like he would not respond to any of the, these. I'm talking about channels that he had already been on before. Mm-hmm. He would not respond. Then we would all like talk to each other and realize that like, oh, he has an assistant now. We're like, oh, okay, cool. So we'd contact the assistant. And then the system would be like, he don't have availability. But then I think what really ring, ring like a bell for a lot of people was that he made a comment on Jimmy's show when he went on Jimmy's show after they won. And he said, I will go on to, oh, Jimmy asked him, he said, now you didn't have a problem going on to Tucker Carlson to spread this message, right? And Chris Small said, no, he said like, I will go on to any large platform. And I think it was that phrase that made some people, some of us kind of feel like, okay, well, maybe he just doesn't want to go into small platforms right. like anymore now that he won. So, I mean, for me, I just kind of, you know, was just like, well, whatever. I was kind of used to that, you know, but it was weird that he wouldn't go back onto platforms that he had gone on before. So he wouldn't come back on RBN and stuff like that. Like he only went on to shows that were larger. But then we we also noticed that like, you know, Colin was able to talk to him and communicate with him on Twitter. Lucy <laughs> called him out on Twitter, like just publicly, like, how come you're not going on to the shows you've been on before? Like what's going on? And his... It was like the response that came from him was not what I would have uh, suspected two years ago. His response was, I'm out here organizing people. What what are you doing? And I was like, oh, what has happened? Mm -hmm. And then so Indy and them, they started tracking that stuff for quite some some time. And Indy was just laid everything out in the newsletter, like back to back to back. And what it all basically, um, what we realized is that, I don't know if I want to say it went to his head, but he was basically made like a celebrity overnight. Right. To the sense where like, next thing we knew, like he was on the cover of like Time Magazine. Like then we, next thing we know, he's got a book deal like it was just really weird and I don't know like it was really weird like same thing AOC and Bernie didn't even show up until after they won like even though AOC was supposed to be there when they were organizing that time and so everything like I said everything changed after they won like I was able to bring his friend Jay Flowers on um who is part of ALU, ALU after they won. But Chris Malls, like Chris will never come. He just basically like won't come back on to the smaller shows. And that's really, that's really sad. Yeah, it is. So, you know what, on that, I I just really have to process a lot of what you just told me. So um, 
I had, a, you know, some other things I want to talk about, but, you know, at, right now, I just want to let it go and just kind of listen to everybody else and just kind of think about everything that's transpired. So, but like I will say, I, like I will say, um, Savvy, it was good talking to you. It's been a while. I, uh, so I had a great conversation with you. Thank you so much for having my call. Thank you so much for that. Notori, what's up? I'm going to go to you and then I'll bring in Jess. What's up? Oh, was fire tonight. Yes. And it's uh, crazy to hear about Chris Mollett. Uh, I can't believe it. But I want to get back on Anna. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's like, I do remember, like, before I seen anybody, knew anybody, because my first person I voted for, I was 18, Obama, all that stuff. And then I came across on YouTube, because I'm going to be honest, I was a... I was with 20 something at the time, watched Joy and read all them fools on MSNBC. But then I came across TYT. I'm like, they talking some good stuff. So I've been watching them. And then when the money came in, the 20, um, the 20 million came in, I saw them switching up, changing up stuff. So I said, okay. Cause that's all the time I was watching TYT, um, secular talk. Didn't know nothing about crystal back then. And so I'm like, they changing stuff up. And then it's like stuff after like the 20 million. Then it's the stuff with the AOC stuff. So what you showed me today, I ain't seen this about Anna, but the stuff that I've seen today, I'm like, I'm going to just call out what everybody wanted to say. She's a fake ass bitch. Ain't no other way to put it. And I don't care if she go talk to y'all or go talk to um Jimmy Dore. Fuck all that. I can care less. She's too fake for me. And I think I love Robin, girl. I love you, girl. But I feel like Chink and Anna is right where they want to be. I think the only reason why they shaking and baking and shit is because they see them views. They still got a milk, like, what is it? Five million views. I mean, um, followers. But the views is not um there. Yeah, the views have gone down. To make a comparison... If you compare TYT's channel to Russell Brand's channel, you'll see the difference. Yes, and I feel like she was shaking and baking on that show because she, she it did what Robin was saying. It do look like she didn't know what she wanted to be. But I think she's right where she wanted to be because she know how to. I seen how she um say what she really. It's funny because just like you said on the show. She was so mad at the Democrats. <laughs> she was so mad at AOC and them. Then it's like the next day, it's like somebody slept in the damn face and she was back on like the Democrat train. I'm like, girl, be you. What people looking for these days are people that's real. We can sense out the bullshit. Cause I know once I know, cause I know our people know me like if, like just like if I see and I know you switch up, I will walk you like a dog too. But it's like, um, just being honest, I'm keeping it, you know, I'm, I'm hundred percent real, but it's like, I'm glad you and, um, our, um, RBN, all them came along because it's like, like it is some other ones too. Cause from you see, I can't name them right now, but it is some other people I've been watching because y'all have them on the show. Like y'all do these like, um, lives, um, screens with their names. Two dissidents. 
Yes, them, them, and a couple of other ones, and I start following them on YouTube. And I'm glad y'all came along because I like after that squad thing, I dropped. Um, oh, do y'all remember this girl named Nomiki? I used to watch her, and then how she, ugh, I'm disgusted. But <laughs> y'all had a flashback, girl. But I used to watch all them, and then I'm just glad a new set come along. And then I hope it's even more people come along, you know, because it's like I don't. I don't pay attention to none of them no more unless y'all bring it up or what they talking about and stuff. And it is funny to see how they are now because I knew TYT them before, not in the 2007s, but I knew them like right around the time when Bernie Sanders second, you know, the first term. And I was like, who was them? And I remember um, Jimmy Dore and then was like campaigning for um, Ching. Y'all remember that? Yeah, they lost. They all lost me during force the vote. That was when I started. I took the blinders off. And that's when I was like, wait a minute now. You guys don't want them to do this. That's exactly what they were sent in Congress to do. That's in the DSA handbook. And that's when I started looking at TYT sideways. And I was like, and, and some of the others, I was like, what is this really about? And then once I, I became a part of this, then I realized, oh, okay. They want to still be nice to them because they still want to be able to interview them. But even though they were still nice to them, the squad wasn't coming back on those shows. Right. I just don't understand the people that still choosing to watch that shit. Because once I see something ain't right, oh, hell no. Like, just like Jimmy Dore, I don't like everything he say. But he, you, it's one thing you can say he ain't fake, he ain't phony. He gonna tell you how he feel, you like it or not. I like people to tell me. That's why I'm not a Republican. I was a Democrat. The first person I ever voted for Obama I was 18. But after I like, he got out and found out the shit he did. I was I never voted for a um, Democrat again. But um, Bernie Sanders, and then to see the shit that he doing now, like. Like, I'm going to say this, Robert Kennedy, I like some of the stuff he do, but the only downfall with me is that Palestine, and um, he's a fucking Democrat, and I would never vote for a Democrat again, but he do have some good stuff, and I do love the pushback he giving the Democrat. Yeah, he lose me on the Palestine issue. I'll be like, I'm like, come on, man. Oh, and I want somebody to ask him about them reparations, too. Yeah, nobody has asked him about this yet. No one has asked him. And that's that's really interesting to me. See, I pay attention. I've seen all these interviews. Mm -hmm. One person asked him about reparations. Why is that? Because it's not important to them. Mm-hmm. You get a chance because they canceled that July 12th event. Yep. And I was going to oh, ask that. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, they must have heard you're coming. <laughs> 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 they don't want I you out. Yeah, I hope they do reschedule it because that question do need to be asked. But I do like, again, it's like I would give, which I don't like, and I don't never, I never will. But it's like the thing with them, and I'm talking about um the Vanguard, all them, all I, girl, I want to say some other stuff, all them. Just be straightforward. If you a Democrat, be a Democrat. If you Republican, be it. It's like people respect you more, but don't act like you did and then you didn't in front of another group of friends or another group of crowd. You something else. Like we see through it. Like a lot of people see through it. No, you're right. You're right. Um, Jesse, what's going on? I want to bring you in. Just got to unmute. 
Hey, Sabri. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for uh, bringing me up. Um, I was, well, actually, I saw your Oregon ballot measure video today, and so I just wanted to address that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, we call ourselves Oregonians. <laughs> um, so, you know. And, uh, yeah, the, the ballot measure about the, um, about the gun regulations. Um, actually, I did vote no on that because it gave more power to the police. And I just, like, I didn't, I didn't take a, a lot of time, like, looking through them because I just didn't want to waste too much time looking at them. But, uh, but I saw that it was going to empower the police. So I was like, nah, I don't think so. Um, oh, okay. And then, uh, because, you know, you got to be registered through the state and everything. And I don't know, I'm just conflicted at the moment about how much, uh, how much power I want to be giving to, to the police and to the government. But, um, the other thing, uh, I, uh, just, I really agree with, uh, Notori about the about Anna and Jenk. Nobody should take them seriously. They really just don't seem to know what they're talking about, and they're just. Uh, I, I yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, they don't seem sincere at all. And and I mean, obviously, they're not left. They haven't studied any kind of left theory or anything. If they're at, if they've arrived where they're at today, so. Do you think there that there is some type of cult like behavior on the left? I think that once you start looking into left theory and left philosophy, it's hard to get back out of it. Mm. You know, like I don't, you know, when you start thinking about, okay, well, if we just start sharing resources, this is a pretty simple idea, you know, to start going back from that and, you know, caring for people and, you know, say, oh, I used to think that I should care for people, but now I don't think that anymore. Like, I don't, yeah, so I guess it's cultish in that way, but not any more than capitalism in general. <laughs> you know, capitalism is a huge cult. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a big part of it is like when I heard her complaining about the left and stuff, and she's been arguing with people on Twitter back and forth too. I just couldn't help but laugh a little bit because it was their network that created that that behavior. It was their network that, you know, as much as people want to point fingers at RBN and say, oh, RBN says you're not left if you did it. That came from TYT in the in the very mm -hmm. beginning. And, you know, they've they've constantly done this. And now she's upset because she's being canceled because of the opinion that she had about saying that she's a woman and she didn't want to be called like a birthing woman or whatever. Now she's yeah. being canceled. Like and I'm, when I say canceled, I mean like people have left TYT because of her statements, humanist report. Yeah. And also um, there was another coworker who announced this on Twitter that they were leaving Benny. TYT because, yep, Benny. And I think what they expected to happen was when they smeared Jimmy Dore with the same the same thing she's being smeared with now. When she smeared Jimmy Dore about this stuff, she I think she expected people to cancel Jimmy, but that didn't happen. In fact, Jimmy continued to grow, mm -hmm. and so now I think she feels like, okay, I'm being canceled, and like our views are decreasing and stuff like that. So I need to come out and say something, and da da da. And it's just like I don't have that same type of sympathy for her because. 
they spent the past two years, like literally the past two years smearing Jimmy Dore. Like actually, I think the first time I saw it was when it started with Force the Vote. And, you know, there was that. And then she smeared Aaron Monte when Aaron, Aaron Monte is award-winning journalist. Like he's won like multiple mm -hmm. awards. Mm -hmm. You may not approve of what he's covering, but that's not up to you. Like he's an investigative journalist. Like he's doing the field that he is, that he has expertise in just like Anna and Jink focus on areas where, where they're supposed to be strong in. So the thing is, is like, to me, the fact that she said F you to him publicly, like on camera, it just, to me, that was so weird. And you, the reason why it was so weird is because Aaron Monte used to go on TYT. A lot of these people that they smear now either were a part of TYT at some point or used to appear on TYT. And it seemed like to me, and Norm Finkelstein actually brought this to my attention. He said that he felt like after Bernie lost the second time, he said he sat back and watched all the different podcasts, left podcasts start to attack each other as if they were trying to fight for each other's audience. That's what Norm Finkelstein said. I think a big part of it was is the, the Jimmy fight. So, so I think like the Aaron Mate is is she? They just thought saw him as connected to Jimmy Dore because he he is, and so of course he's bad to them. So a lot of things kind of divided along those lines. I think. I think what people have to realize too is that Jimmy knows a lot of people because remember, like he was also a comedian. He's also a comedian, so he's not just you know someone who hosts a political show. Jimmy is still on the road. Actually, I think Jimmy's Eric. You can let me know. Hasn't Jimmy been on tour for over a year? Feels like it. Well, the, the only pause he really did to touring, I thought, was during COVID lockdowns. I mean, he's always had some dates. Yeah. It, it, what he always says is, is the show is just an excuse to get him bigger audiences at his comedy shows. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the YouTube show is just it's just to get him bigger audiences. <laughs> and I think he's kind of you kind of. Right. So it would be like canceling someone like Dave Chappelle, you guys. Like, like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, he is a comedian. He doesn't claim to be a journalist. He always says he's just a pothead comedian in his garage. He never claimed to have like these accolades. Like some people do. Some people do claim those things. He's never done that. Yeah, it seems so, like Jake and Anna do kind of pretend that they're more qualified than they really are. But um, I, to, you know, they're just comment commentators. It doesn't really seem like they analyze. I mean, they're. I, I think I the mean, real, I think the real division here is about is about power. It's about the 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 establishment and whether you're going to fall in line with the uniparty, the Democrats, and the establishment and take orders and at the end of the day vote for Biden, or if you're going to you're going to be um, resistant or, or confrontational to power and not do that. I think that's the real dividing line that we should be very clear about, about what's really happening. It's about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there needs to be a really direct um, approach saying, no, if you're, if you're supporting the democratic party, it's just, you're, you're, you're with capital. You're, you're not fighting for the working people. It's just, right. It, it has to yeah. And where and where are all these people? Like all these picket lines, like Jesse, like the number of strikes that we've had in the past two years. Well, let's say like since the pandemic, there have been numerous 
labor strikes. And I see none of these people out there. I've been out there. Rome's been out there. Mm -hmm. CJ's been out there. Like, mm -hmm. I, that's why I'm just like, why aren't you out there talking to the people? You're afraid of the people? They don't They don't have anybody. I mean, they don't like support status quo. Well, the status, uh, Jordan is not attached to them, or he used to be attached to them, right? In the right. beginning or something. But they don't have any journalists going out there actually on the, on the street. I don't. It's I all down to the same thing. They're not going to do anything that is that opposition oppositional to the mm -hmm. corporate power establishment. Right. So to me, that's the reason why. It's not about even how they feel or whether they like it or not. It, it's about money and power. And they know what's going to keep the gravy chain rolling. Yeah, well, I, I don't think, think I, uh, also the money. I don't think Jeffrey Katzenberg would approve of some of that either. I don't think Jeffrey Katzenberg would approve of TYT, like starting like a mutual aid, like foundation or anything like that. Again, like Jeffrey Katzenberg is friends with Nancy Pelosi. So he's deep in the Democratic Party. And that's why I said TYT is not going to change unless they break away from that donorship. And this is why I'm glad, like, I don't have any fucking sponsors. That's why I'm glad I don't. And they've contacted me multiple times. Every other day, I get a fucking contact about sponsorship. I'm like, not interested. Not interested. Every time. And there's a reason for that. Because if you notice, most of the people that have sponsors usually have to change their message. Like, most. Not all. Like, Kim for example, has a, spon a sponsor, at least on Rumble, I don't know about YouTube, but Kim's message is still the same. You know, I mean, it, it, it just all depends. But I mean, like, for me, like, I just didn't want to take, didn't want to take that risk. You know, also, then you got to deal with another person, not just be like, no, like, just go away. Yeah, well, I think we should, you know, you should just keep calling them out. And I think I think that they need to be called out for exactly who, who they are and what they, you know, what they're part of. Um, so that people are misled thinking that that's the left. But thank you for uh, bringing me on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jesse. Nice chatting. You too. Good night. Good night. Okay. Um, oh, sure. I'm sorry. I think you fell from the speaker. I'm going to bring on, uh, I see a new name, um, Bindu, Bindu, I am bringing you on because you're a new face. Just got, you just have to unmute. Just got to click on the unmute button. And then um, I'll bring in uh, Ashura, because I think Ashura, I think you were next after this because, but then you fell out, I don't know what happened. Okay. I don't know where Bindu is, but for sure. Hey, Shabby. Oh. oh. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. There's something in the background. Is that music or? Uh, yeah, my apologies. I call, I'm currently at work. I called you and I was uh, on my break, but I'm back in now. So um, if it's an issue, I can just call in another time. If it's, that's a, if it's an issue. Oh, no, that's fine. Go ahead. What's up? All right, so it's like. It's a couple things that I've been hearing you guys talk about that, like, I just found really interesting. It's things I've been thinking about as well. Uh, just to be upfront too, I actually have a YouTube show myself. It's called American Autopsy. That's like the logo in there. And I kind of like took a step back from it because a lot of the things you guys have been talking about tonight, just like, to me, it boils down to just blatant hypocrisy from a lot of the independent legacy media people where it's like, 
like somebody like Anna, for example, like regardless, like I've always viewed her as right wing personally, just because, you know, I lean more towards communism and things like that. But it's like when when you like will willfully go debate somebody that you have been crapping on for years, like Ben Shapiro or any of these like right wing figures, they, you know, TYT has been known for crapping on all these years. I just find it weird that you're willing to have a conversation with those people before you actually have a conversation with people that are further left than you, like yourself or Nick or CJ. Um, and I like, just like th that unwillingness to debate on the left, like you see it from like surrogates of TYT and previous surrogates as well. Like they'll just like outright smear people, but then never want to have the conversation with those people. Like, like Mike Figueredo, um, I remember when he was um, smearing Jimmy, it's like, bro, you, you used to go on Jimmy's show. Like I used to be quote unquote friends. Like, if you really, if you feel some type of way, you know, you want to smoke with him, go debate him. That's how I look at it. If I got an issue with somebody, I'm going to debate that person, not smear this person, then like duck and hide and pretend like I don't know that person exists. So that's just, just your thoughts on that initial perspective. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And I think for some people who may not be aware, when Jordan Sheraton had the sexual assault allegation against him, it was actually Jimmy Dore who came to his defense when a, pretty much almost everybody had turned against him. Yeah. And Jordan may not want to bring that up, but I remember that. And so that's something to keep in mind where other people have been smeared or slandered and Jimmy kind of, you know, came in there and gave them a voice and, and let them mm -hmm. like speak their truth and that kind of stuff. But no, you're right. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier tonight. It's just like, You'll go talk to Ben Shapiro, but you won't talk to people who are to the left of you. That's the part to me that's really skeptical. Like, I don't need to talk to Ben Shapiro. I don't need to talk to Kansas Owens. I don't need to talk to Dave Rubin. I know where these people stand. I know that, you know, Ben Shapiro and at least, I don't know about Dave, but I know Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens make a lot of money off of doing what they're doing. They sell books off of doing what they're doing, and they're not going to change because that's where their their money pit is right now. So there's no reason for me yeah, to well, sit that's... down and try to have some conversation with them to try to change their ideology. I know that's not going to happen. I know that's a waste of fucking time. And Anna knows that too. And she's been doing this a lot longer than me. But my thing is, you'll go talk to them, but you won't talk to people who are to the left of you. And that is an issue. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And that's where it's like, and then coming from the black perspective too, is where that, that like, and, and touching on the RFK point that you uh, just made like a couple of minutes ago, like, it's like this thing going around now where it's like divisive for black people. Well, it's always been a thing, but not with like, with people that I genuinely fuck with, but it's like, y'all find it divisive for me to talk about black issues like police brutality, uh, restorative justice for black Americans and shit like that. Like that's, that's divisive. And I'm like, bro, I've literally seen some of these like commentators, J J Jimmy Dore, for example, Jimmy Dore has literally gone on his stream and called for the abolishment of police, like literally the, the straight up abolishment. And it's like, nobody ever said anything about that being divisive. But now when it's election time and, and you know, you guys have been promoting this thing of, you know, hold, you know, uh, uh, hold your vote unless they come to you with actual tangibles. Well, now that we're actually doing that, now we're being divisive. Like, I don't understand how, like, well, I, I understand what it is, you know, what it is, but it's like just the, the logical fallacy within that itself is just crazy to me. And it comes from people, you know, me being, uh, uh, being, a, you know, sort of in the game myself, like people I respect, like 
that you know I, I you know it's just cra it's crazy to see like people that I, that I've watched and admired and shit like that like it, it's it's crazy to see and it's like it's almost like that same liberal talking point like oh we can talk about you know abortion or we can talk about all of these different things but this like black issue that you guys want to push whether it's police brutality or, or something like that that well that's just kind of too divisive you know we can't really talk about that it's almost like a you know like like i don't want to deal with this like in that same right of anna like i don't feel like dealing with this so i'm either going to smear or just outright ignore it and you know what's interesting too you you brought up police brutality almost every single one of my police brutality videos get flagged by youtube almost every single one um, yeah. The protest videos are starting to get flagged, like the one, the France protest, that one just got flagged yeah. the other day as uh, only 18 or over should be able to watch this. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But it's that's the thing, like when Anna said in that interview, she said that uh, the policing videos that they do on TYT usually go viral. Again, that lets you guys know how in bed they are with YouTube and the corporate algorithm because policing yeah. videos don't go viral for the rest of us. Exactly. And that and that that within it within you know within itself is just it's very telling. Like they're they're in like their own little world in the you know the white liberal media space. And it's like I feel like they know it, but they know that if they acknowledge it, you know, they like people will rightfully so like a lot of us have been doing making the comparisons between them and MSNBC. You guys are like MSNBC Life on YouTube. That's literally all y'all are. And it's like, I remember Jimmy back in the day, like I kind of knew the sentiments that that studio had about police brutality when Jimmy's arguing with people, you know, they're like, you know, I forget exactly what the, um, the parameters of the entire argument was, but Jimmy was arguing with Ben Mankiewicz, I think, uh, uh, Jenk Uber as well about police. Like they were all, basically on the pro police side, teaming up on Jimmy shitting on him. And it's like, Jimmy is making, you know, the points that he's always made and the points that um, Nick has made and you have made as well about, you know, about this, um, this um, thing. And it's like, they, they don't have any rational arguments aside from I'm rich. And if shit ever goes down, I need them to protect my class because that is the class that they are a part of. And touching on the, you know, the fair, you know, the, her, you know, like, being white passing like she mentioned that too and i just found that like so fucking funny because i'm like that's a, you sound exactly like like that first it's like you almost know what you sound like but you know the space that you're in and you know like you know people are going to call you out on your shit so you're it's like it's almost like eight mile in herself like she goes up on stage and is like oh i'm the white trash like, like that scene in that movie it's like that like either in yourself as if you know that's going to like they can be like, oh, well, this person's going to shit on herself. I'm still not going to critique them. It's like, no, your points are still stupid. They're still dumb, and I'm still going to call you out on them. But I guess you were yeah. willing to acknowledge it yourself, I guess. Okay, that's cool. I'm not clearing to those. So I'm going to still go in on these. So one of my students that is that was from um, Turkey, so, like, when I was at BU, I had a, um, a couple of students that were from Turkey in engineering, mm -hmm. and... They asked me what TYT was, and, and keep in mind, this is like before I had my show, so just keep that in mind. And I was like, oh, TYT is da-da-da-da. They're like, what does it stand for? And I said, the Young Turks. And one of my students was very much offended. Okay. And they said, like, really? why are they calling themselves that? And I said, well, I think that uh, Jink is Turkish. And I said, well, Anna is Armenian. And they just 
as someone who was from, they were from, they're from Turkey, they're international students. One of my students, they found it very offensive and they were just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. And that's a critique I've, I've heard before. Like, Oh, you guys are like comfortable calling yourselves the young Turks with an Armenian woman on your show. Like that's a critique that I've always heard, but people just kind of sidestepped it. And I, like, I don't know much history about, you know, what went down there aside from that, you know, there, there was like a genocide there or whatever. I don't know the full parameters, like how it happened, like, like the historical context behind it. But I know that's that's a critique that's always been levied. And it's like people on the left just like completely sidestep that shit as if that's like, nah, we don't talk about that. Like, that's that's not something yeah. we talk about. So that's interesting to think about for sure. Yeah, it was kind of a wake up call to me because I never really I didn't really think about it that way until like one of my students told me and they were just like, no, it's that's not true. I had to think about it a different way. They were like, why is this guy? They were like, why is this guy on the show and named the show The Young Turks? And then there's an Armenian woman who's the co-host. Yeah. No, man. Go ahead, Roger. Um, I remember. Graham Elwood mentioning that her family doesn't speak to her because she's on that show. So that's really? one thing. I want to tell you. See, I never knew that. Yeah, Wait, her family, you said her family doesn't speak to her because she's on that show. Yeah, that's what Graham Elwood said. That her family like disowned her. Jesus. Yeah. But the other, the other thing I want to ask, um, where do you stream out of Bendu? Uh, uh, so I usually, I'm usually on YouTube or Twitch. I know late, like, like recently, honestly, I'm, a, you know, I haven't really been streaming because I've been having some personal shit going on. But just on top of, like I said, like, it's, it's just been like a lot. I've been seeing like a lot of hypocrisy and no, no, things that like I'm trying to come York? like. You stream out of New York. You stream out of Charleston. Oh, like, I'm from Delaware. I'm from Delaware. Oh, okay. You, yeah, I, I I'm, from, I'm from that part. Of, so you know about um, you know what happened in, in in your state, right? Where they're trying to get corporations to uh, vote. Uh, you know I honestly, I have not. Thanks, for, thanks for putting me on to. It. I have not. I know that there's a lot of those cases that go on here in the state. I forgot exactly what the it's this. It's called like a chance record or something like that. Is that where it's going down at? Well, there's um your the, your legislature. Oh wait, no, no, maybe I think it's a, the local. I can't remember whether it's the state legislature or the local legislature is looking at allowing um, corporations to vote. Wow. You might you might want to. Yeah, check honest, that. like I said, I haven't exactly heard about that, but. I definitely will. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that because I remember a few years back, um, our uh, senator was getting primary by like a more progressive candidate. It was almost like when they were doing like those AOC style um, campaigns and everything. Um, she actually challenged our sitting senator and she was calling out like, oh, you take money from AstraZeneca, uh, Bank of America, like all these big corporations that's in Delaware. And he looked at this woman like she was crazy and was like, what are you talking about? That's just the Delaware way. Like corruption is so normalized here. That when you point it out, people don't even think twice about it because it's so normalized. Here. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Because isn't Delaware yeah. isn't Delaware the credit card state? Isn't that where most of the credit card yep. come? Okay, I thought so. Yep. So my um, I remember my dad was explaining me to this, uh, explaining this to me that 
it's like um, because of certain um, like uh, tax incentives or something we have here, like most businesses like um, incorporate here in Delaware. Like even if you're starting like a small business, like I've heard, I've heard people talk about like trying to get it incorporated through Delaware and things like that. But um, that like when you draw, like we have we don't have that many big cities. Wilmington is probably our biggest city. If you actually drive through Wilmington, it's like Bank of America, WSFS, like it's all the banks like right there in our like biggest city. So it's like, you know, but then around it, if you look around it, it's nothing but poor black neighborhoods. But now they're starting to actually gentrify a lot of the parts where they're pushing those people out now. And but yes, it's like we're 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 a a a, definitely the, the corporate uh, home of the United States in many ways. And that's th- that's thanks to Joe Biden. A lot of the policies that he passed like that, you know, that, um, th- that's something that like, you know, I-, I used to talk about on my channel a lot was like how like this motherfucker, like a lot of the, I- I'm sorry, for, like, I don't know about the customer, but the <laughs> policies that, you know, he was pushing for and things like that, like were very like, because of the power centers here in Delaware, like here in Delaware, like, the ruling factional family is like the DuPont family. They're like the, the, the guys in this region. And it's like, you know, if you're a politician, you um, coming up, you have to be tied into these people and represent their interests. And honestly, just learning about the history of the family. Like I've, ter- I've talked to people from Delaware because I'm originally from Philly. I moved here when I was younger, but learning about the history of the DuPonts here, like I didn't know this family, like they were like, a very prominent family in France before they had their uprising and they actually had to flee to the United States because of that, because, you know, they were uh, guillotining people in France at that time, the rich people, especially. So they actually fled to America and basically set up shop here and became the DuPonts as we know them today. I've been to, I'm assuming that you live in Newcastle County. Yes. Okay. That's what. Yeah. But um, but yes, Abby. So those are just you know a couple of the thoughts that I had. So uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Bindu. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're gonna go to Ashura. Ashura, I'm gonna go to you, and then we're gonna go to Noel, and then I'll bring in James. So Ashura, you just gotta unmute. There you go. What's up? I'm doing good. I've been listening to that. Uh, what what did he call himself? The Anakasparian show. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, man. Like, what? It's a is show. There, but is, is there cult like behavior on the left? Is that something that uh, needs to be improved? I'm dealing with one right now in the chat. Because uh, they they pretend that Jordan Sheridan is somehow he doesn't he doesn't have a cult himself, but then they'll pretend as if oh Jimmy's the bad guy, but not Jordan Sheridan. I'm like we all got people who got favorite favoritisms uh, with with regards to our YouTube channels. I'm pretty sure they got here for your channel. RBN has their ones, HLM has their ones, do dissidents have their ones. I'm like just because one guy you disagree with, you gotta you gotta pull some bullshit out of your ass and pretend like. No, he's the bad guy. But I don't think Anna Kasparian is serious. Um, she's going to have to apologize to a lot of people that she wronged to do so. And I, I think that she took maybe a shot at RBN at one point when she said like she was talking about activism. There are people not doing anything. I feel like she was talking to RBN. And Olamia Lauren, 
because Olami came on to the show and talked to Anna and Jink about police abolitionism. And now she on that interview was saying that it's stupid, but she didn't say that when Olami was talking to her about it. Yeah, because Olami, she would have basically smoked her. I mean, I, I feel like she's afraid of a certain pair of black women that basically are very, uh, let's just fire breathers. She can't deal with them. But she can go after the ones that basically will not fight back. It's like I talked to before a couple of times when you had the force of old happen and you had Brianna Joy Gray was trying to be super fucking nice on Twitter and she didn't give a fuck. She went after her. And then she said, no, I can show you the DMs and, you know, with the whole, with the, uh, what was it, the nurse movement or some shit like that? No, not the nurse unions. She said that the nurse union didn't want to participate in the Medicare for all shit. And basically she had receipts. She was going to show it to her, but she didn't care. She doubled down. She attacked her. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they didn't promote the marches for Medicare for all Ashura and they were contacted. Like neither did breaking points, breaking points ain't say nothing about it. And I was just like, really? I was like, you guys are so fucking fake. I'm telling you, it's so different when you watch, when you watch them. And then when you're in the space and you see, they really ain't about this shit. I'm like, you guys are so. Well, Crystal Ball was a millionaire. Remember, $44 million. I don't know how much he's worth after the divorce. I mean, when she, they were on breaking points, it was a, I think it's a Republican on, on news, news space. So they had to basically look like they were a populist right, populist left. We know they, they're not fucking populist at all. They're basically a bunch of neocons and neoliberals on breaking points. And uh, Kyle Kolinsky, he himself, like, he's not doing anything. Like, basically, with force the vote, he did it at the last minute. He could have basically spent the entire week talking about force the vote or the, the summit. He didn't He didn't do shit. He was not interested. And plus, breaking point, they don't care about, like, uh, third parties. Like, you, you saw when Cornell West came out, they were like, oh, Cornell should have just gone uh, dump MPP, go for the Greens, or run as a Democrat. So Cornell does the, the the one thing they wanted they wanted him to do. He goes for um, greens, and that they they still shit on him. You're making me hungry. I but Ashura, didn't I tell you guys that they were gonna do that? I told you. I said watch half of these people who saying he should be running green and not People's Party shit on him again when he says he's running green. I said watch. I told you. Yeah, I saw that shit. They're they're, they're Democrats. It just is what it is. And and Shirley Kay, you're welcome to call in. You are welcome to call in. I see you got a lot to say in the chat. You're welcome to call in. Yeah, because I was like, the moment they went after Wes, after he jumped MPP for Greens, they were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Dr. Conan West, like, why are you joining the Greens now? Why can't you go join the Democratic Party? There was this one guy that used to be, he used to be a follower of yours and RBN. What was his name? It's not, it's not um, God damn it. Like, it, it. He has a weird name. Like, he always thinks, like, he, he knows better than you. And he basically went after you. Uh-oh. You and RBN and Cornell West. For um, going, what happened? You went out for a bit. Yeah, I think we lost you a little bit, Ashura. Hey, Sabrina. Yeah, we. we... Okay, I can hear you now. 
Okay, did I drop off or something? Yeah, we heard you say he went after Cornell West, but yeah, uh, fuck. If I can remember his fucking name, he you used to be a was... You said he had a funny name. Yeah, uh, he had a funny name. He always, uh, it, yeah, the Debate Me Channel. That's it, the Debate Me Channel. He did a video and he said he went after URBN and then he went after uh, Cornell West. He oh, said, please. No. He was like, no, nope, Cornell, no, nope, Cornell, you, you, you changed from MPP to Greens too late. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not going to basically vote for you. He's not serious. I met with him a while back before he joined in Indie News Network. I don't think he's part of them anymore. Oh, he was on there? For a short period. I don't think he's still part of them anymore. He's very much a capitalist. I met with him in private and I'm here yeah. to tell you he's very much a capitalist. <laughs> See, I can the bullshit. I can see right through it. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't think uh, I don't think it, when it comes to TYT they're just looking for a new grift. I noticed that they've been saying stuff that sounds like RBN and Jimmy at some point. Like she sounded like Jimmy Dore at one point and then you got AOC sounding like RBN. Yeah, these people are so fucking fake. They just go where the, where the money fucking blows. That's where they go. That's why, like, if you notice, if you go back and watch TYT's old stuff, they were far more radical back then. Even Kyle Kalinske had called this out at one point in time. They were far more radical, and then they changed over time. And then once they got that money, that was it. Like, they had no problem with Jimmy Dore saying the stuff that he's saying when he was on TYT. Jimmy was always, like, very vocal, you know, like, and even, like, the yelling stuff. He did that shit on TYT, too. They had no problem with it back then. They got a problem with it now, though. Did he tell you? Yeah, because they, they saw they saw him grow. And this is what I'm trying to tell you guys as someone who's been in the space. There are some people who will cheer you on and say, yeah, I'm glad you're growing. But if you get to the point where they feel like you are competition to them, then a lot of those people will fall off. Idols become rivals in the immortal words of Cameron. The, uh, the other thing that TYT felt went into big time was the Trump derangement syndrome like that when Trump was president that channel just was Trump 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 all day and I think that was also part of their evolution into just becoming corporate whatever you got I mean there's this whole thing of the left right I mean what is the left it's another thing like like you know cult cult like behavior on the left is like well who are you calling left you know what's is the real left, the indie left, the corporate left, but well, it's it a mistake profitable. to mush it all together, yeah. It was profitable, Eric. That was the thing. Mm. Like back when, when Oh, Trump with the Trump stuff, yeah. Like here's the thing. If you made a channel when Trump was president and you only like diss Trump, oh that shit was a moneymaker. <laughs> that shit was there's still one guy who still does this, Kristoff. Kristoff, if you Oh, I know, him, I know him. Nothing but Trump videos back to back to back oh, to back oh, to back. Yeah. I was gonna, it's a good. It's a good thing you mentioned his name because I was gonna say his name, but I couldn't remember it because I used to watch his channel too, and because I know this guy, he can't. Is one word he can't say very wrong. He's particular. He has a problem saying that word, and I remember CJ one time showed him it was like Trump, Trump, Trump. Like he wasn't like that. He wasn't doing those shit like those Trump videos, and I and I didn't watch him for like six months, and I didn't see that thing about Trump. Then I see a bunch of Trump videos. I'm like, what the fuck happened to that guy? Like he wasn't doing those Trump videos. 
No, he wasn't, but he saw that it was profitable. Same thing with mainstream media. I mean, mainstream media, they also made a lot of money, uh, got a lot of views off of Donald Trump when he was in office. They got a lot of views off of Donald Trump. And then when he lost, they saw their ratings start to plummet. So they were like, let's just still talk about January 6th and Donald Trump. And I was like, I'm like, you do realize that Biden's the president right now, right? Like they just kept talking, but it was just the weirdest. I was like, "You guys, and the rain in still get ratings." And the rain in the chat said, "In Russia Gate, they went big on too." Yep, and they got yeah. that shit wrong. So remember, remember 2016 when TYT had that meltdown. <laughs> that meltdown was funny because people made a lot of fucking money off that meltdown video. Like I saw multiple people making different versions of the meltdown. And I remember Chank Uger said at the end, maybe we were wrong about the right wingers. Maybe what we need to do is to talk to them. And then you, you, you look at the entire from 2016 to 2023, they never fucking went on that promise. Can, no, can somebody sure the weird thing about it was that even I remember watching that meltdown live. I actually watched the 2016 um, elections when they on TYT. But the weird thing was, is Jank was one of the few people who actually predicted that Trump was going to win. So his reaction really surprised me. Anna, not so much. But yeah, that's what I thought was, I mean, it, it is funny hindsight, but that was just weird that you knew that he could possibly win, but yet you had a complete meltdown. And I mean, he went eight shit at the Democratic Party at that time. Yeah, they he he called he called out Trump supporters that night, and then he said, "Oh, maybe we need to calm down. We need to just talk to right wing instead of basically shitting on them." But then you notice one thing that was funny about that, and uh, when, is when Jimmy was on, Jimmy didn't fucking panic at all. <laughs> he was calm. I was like, he was calm. Everyone was losing their fucking minds. Jimmy was just just checking his phone. He's not he's not participating in that shit. He's like, I fucking knew this was coming. I fucking warned you it was coming. But you still thought Hillary Clinton was going to win after she cheated. Nobody's going to reward a cheater. Can someone send me that video? Because I was working that night. I've, I've been hearing that for years. You mean yeah. the meltdown? Yeah, yeah. yeah I never yes, saw well, it. I'll look well, for it. Here's the thing. There's a compilation video. I'll look for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a compilation video, but the, but the meltdown the meltdown is very long. It's a three-hour video. Damn. So, yeah, because yeah. the whole night, after, like the night they're announcing, like, okay, Trump won this state, Trump won that state, this state, like oh, it was, yeah, I get it. yeah. So okay, during the night you see them melting down slowly but surely. But there's a compilation video that takes it all together, and you see, it and it's actually really good. I, I can send that to you, Roger. Okay, because I mean, I've been hearing about the the infamous meltdown for like I don't know, it's eight years or something like that. I <laughs> like, I remember that. I remember that. I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was I was working that night, so I was just like, "Oh shoot!" You but, could see Jank. Jank was like he was losing it every time he looked at the state. Donald Trump won the state. He's like, "No, no, okay, okay, okay." She, he, Hillary needs to win this state. He's with this state, and then she wins that state. It's over. It's done. And then fast forward, <laughs> Donald Trump is just piling on Hillary Clinton. He's winning left and right. So I was actually on my honeymoon in. Montreal, Montreal, Canada. And I, every bar we went to, the election was on. 
and we thought we would actually be able to escape it because we weren't in the U.S. <laughs> and we were in Canada. Every bar, we went to Win- Winston Churchill's Pub, which actually turns into a, like a dance club. That was an interesting thing. We went there. We went to the Mad Hatter, which is one of our favorite spots. Like we went to all these different, we went like bar hopping in Montreal. And everyone we went to, the election was on. And everybody kept coming up to us saying, we feel so sorry for your country. And people were like, why did you, why did Wait, you choose what? this man? And I was like, we didn't. <laughs> How'd they, how'd they know you were American? Did you wear a flag or some shit on you? We had just came from the Bruins uh, Canadians game. Uh, you could have just told them you were from Ontario. They would have never known you were from Canada, or from U.S. No, they they knew because we had on the Bruins shirts. Uh, we had on the yeah the Boston Bruins shirts. So for those who don't know, <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, that's hockey. So like the Bruins <laughs> and the Canadians, they're like big rivals. So like it was very obvious that we were not from Canada. Uh, you should have not brought that shirt on. They would have never known you were American. I know, but it was it was funny because um, the thing is, is that we go to, we used to before the pandemic, we went to Canada every year because Canada is very close to us. Like at least Montreal is like right there, and we've been to Toronto and we've been to Quebec City and stuff like that. So that was like a regular thing. And then the pandemic hit, and then it was like, oh man, we can't just go to Canada. And so that like that like sucked because I love going there. Like I love the food, I love the the people. Like it's so much fun. I want to bring. Sorry, I was just gonna say I want to bring in James. James, go ahead and unmute. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Just a minute. Sorry. I just got home. All right. So um, I just have a something to say generally about I think I want to second what Notori's statement was earlier I want to I basically want to say like if if Anna and TYT really cared about underrepresented communities and LGBTQ people then uh, they would actually bring something to the table when it comes to their content because ultimately um, I stopped watching them in 2022 uh, but because most mostly their content is kind of like you know, low-hanging fruit, like, culture war stuff, like Steve Crowder and, like, Ben Shapiro and all that. So it's kind of redundant and also just, um, like, mind-numbing to me. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like I said, like, they created a lot of the culture that they, that Anna was complaining about. Like, a lot of that rhetoric started with TYT. And, it, you know, people... People may not always remember, but TYT was the first big one. They were the first big one, right? We can't say rising. We can't say breaking points because they're not left. Like they have um, a left co-host and then they also have a conservative co-host. So they're not classified as left shows. TYT was the big one. And so a lot of people came from that. Did you guys know Sean King? who we also call like Talcum X and all this kind of stuff. Sean King also came from TYT. Dave Rubin, Rubin, David Pakman, um, Humanist Report. um, uh, What's what's, what's doing these days? There's a lot of people. Sabrina, did you just say Talcum X? Yeah, that's what we used to call them. That is yeah, everyone calls them that. I saw that on Twitter. That is funny as hell. By I the way, we, I, I got the video, he, Jonathan. Is he white or black? I don't know. Some people oh, he's say white. he's white. Some white. people say he's black. 
No, he, he's a white dude. He, he he's like the he's like the female Rachel Dol- No, the male version of Rachel Dolezal. Allegedly, his story is that he is biracial. His father is black, but his father, his biological father, raped his mother. So that's why he never talks about it. Uh, that's what his story is, but there's never been confirmed if the story is actually true. Um, and he was a and he went to Morehouse, so and he oh he was one of the Oprah scholars. I don't think I don't know if you remember. You, I don't know if you remember the story, but there was a time when Oprah gave scholarship to to basically all the freshman class at that time of Howard, of Morehouse College. He was one of them. He was one of the kids who got the scholarship. Yeah, that was one of them. Remember that, Sabby, when she gave all the scholarships to these Morehouse freshmen? He was one of them. Yeah, he was one of them. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Roger, we call him Talcum X. There's a bunch of other nicknames, too, people used to call him. Um, Like what? That was funny. You can't. can't. There's a whole bunch of them. I'm not kidding. You can't top. Can you top that? That's funny as hell, Talcum X. I got the video, Jonathan. So it's in my history for YouTube. Oh, uh, there's a there's a whole Talcum X, Thurgood Partial. No, I never heard that one. Like Talcum Powder, <laughs> Pale Revere, Tupac Sugar, Alex Scamilton. Shaka Khan, as in con artist. The Shade. Snow Snow J. Simpson. No. W. E. B. Defraud. Hewless <laughs> P. Newton. Yeah, Hewless P. Newton. Booker <laughs> T. Washington. Oh, there's, there's so that true. Right he here. set up the fun for one of the um child the children. They got murdered by the police. One. So he did one. set it up. They want to one. The Tory one. He was, ta- he was taking money. He was taking money. Martha Lu- Martin Luther Cream. Oh. No. Lanes Baldwin. <laughs> Chalkus Garvey. Yeah, those are few. Which one? Wait, uh, Sabby Booker T. What? Booker T. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. He must have some kind of page <laughs> where she has a. Bad. There's a whole bunch of them. I'm trying to tell y'all they've been doing this for a while. Uh, <laughs> what after it? Crooker T. Washington. Okay, Crooker T. Washington got you. Oh, and uh, thank you, Roger. Nothing beats Talcum X. Oh, the others? No, they, they, they beat. When I hear that, I think of talcum powder. That's yep. That's what it is. I never heard the powder, the powder part, but since Notori brought the idea of powder, uh, can we switch it to about to a whole Hunter Biden cocaine shit in the in the White House? Sure. Well, let me let make sure James was finished. Okay. Yeah. I also just want to say, like, the moment I kind of left, I left TYT and stopped viewing is. I realized they didn't really bring any nuance or like critical analysis to like Democratic or I guess Democrat politics when um. No, Brianna Joy, I think uh, Jank, he uh, had a conversation with Brianna Joy Gray and he called her the fake left uh, because she agreed with Jimmy Dore on some issues. So uh, it made me think that like at the end of the day, they're kind of like an extension of of um, liberal mainstream media, you know. There you go. I think so, too. 
I think so too. That's okay. all I have to say. Let's bring in um, Noel. I know you've been waiting for a while. Let's go to you. Hello, everybody. We'll in, um, Listen, I just I wanted sure to make a few points. Um, the first one is uh, to segue from what Richard Wolf was saying. This is empire. This is empire. And when you further that analysis, you know, you only have the, the duopoly. And so that gives you the fundamental divide um, of the politics. So everything is about narrative. And so now that we have had the, you know, emergence of independent media, which was first designated as fake news, it has created a different space in the mainstream media, especially since um, the newspapers proper have disappeared because of the digital age. And so now you have everybody jockeying for a position to control the narrative. But in true form of empire, the narrative has to be broken down, or I'll say there are very serious forces to channel the narrative into the polarization of left and right, Democrat, Republican, A, B, and C. So now that we have the emergence of the independent space, that same dynamic is going on. And in as much as it is a relatively new space, it, for me, approximates a um, forest. And you have these wolf packs emerging. And as wolf packs do, when they get large, you may get a break off, which is like, you know, Jimmy Dore breaking off from TYT. And so now, whereas you were a part of the big pack, now you're, a, you know, a smaller pack, but you're competitive for space and territory and this and that. And so you have everybody jockeying for a position. But at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, this is empire. And as such, there has to be a baseline. And in this nation, the baseline is the blacks who have descended from slaves. And so what you see is those issues being made disappeared. And now that they, the common thought is that moment that ship has sailed and we're entering, you know, the end of the first quarter, 21st century, it is really about what is the next level of discourse in the, in the body politic. So if you raise the issues that, um, are engendered to the descendants of slaves in some circles, it will be considered divisive because the narrative has collapsed to the point where there are really few hiding spaces. So either you're going to be a diversion or you're going to be about the real narrative of the rich and poor with the descendants of slaves being the poorest of the poor. And so when I see things like this stuff with Anna Kasparian, I see, first of all, if you are a commentator in this space or God forbid a journalist, I can't imagine why your your personal narrative begins to center in the narrative space. It is not about Anna Kasparian. It is not about any shifting she's doing or breakthrough she's having. This is supposed to be about the news and the news as a part of the narrative. So when I see people's personal narrative centering in the space, that's my first signal that something is afloat, it's a diversion, it's a distraction. And frankly, it just bores me into, you know, senility. Because I'm like, child, it ain't about you. When you use the issues that black women and 
women of trans experience, period, face in a real way, when you use those to virtue signal and then center your own self in it, you're taking up space and you're just wasting time and you are not serious. You're not an ally. You're just doing something to seize the space and draw attention to you. And it's just, you know, to me, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, like you said, she's had plastic surgery to accentuate her ability to wipe past. It's just more of the same. You know, you have these immigrants who have come to this country and first and second generations are trying to find their way into the capitalist thing within a system that's A and B selection and they're finding their space. And wherever it seems to be profitable, they're moving and they're jockeying for position. And in terms of these larger independent media um, outlets, if their narrative fails to motivate and generate, you know, the views beyond the subscriptions, and you realize that these things are out of sync, then they begin to shift gears because they're trying to reposition themselves in that space um, so as to keep being profitable. And with, you know, the Young Turks, when the millions of dollars came in, the one thing we all know is that money comes with instructions. Just like the billionaire Adelstein or Adelstein said that if the Democrats allowed Bernie Sanders to be the nomination, he would just as soon go Republican. And that meant his money was going Republican too. So it all makes a type of sense. But, you know, back to Richard Wolf's point, this is an empire and it is in decline and collapse. So you're going to see a whole lot of strange things as the pie narrows down and people try to reposition themselves because no one wants to be left behind. And so, you know, my great hope is that, you know, the poor and working class white Americans realize that they have been brought to the plantation and, and incorporated on it finally. And so they can find, you know, the real thing that's going on through the language of um, Cornel West and that third party movement, because that's where you're most likely to get the truth as a third wheel tries to emerge between the two A and B selections. Otherwise, it's just going to, you know, disintegrate along the lines that it's already disintegrating. And so, you know, it's just a sad thing, but that's basically how I see it. Well said, Noel. Let me bring in... Wait, before you do that... Shirley... Wait, sorry, before you do that, I want to start some shit right now between Noel and Savvy. Noel? Miss Noel? You hear me? Savvy came for your team today. Huh? Mm-hmm. Who pour into me, child? Because you know I won't leak. You know she said, Savvy, you know what she said? She came for your Cleveland Browns. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. Child, wait. Yes, she did. Yes. Like, I'm going to say like the little girl who was in the kindergarten video. Now, wait a minute. Now, let me tell you. <laughs> I am originally... Wait, now let me tell you, Miss Linda. <laughs> um, 
You know, I am originally from Montgomery, Alabama, where we did not have professional athletics. By the time I got to Cleveland, I was fully grown, and I just could not find my way into the Browns and the Indians and all this stuff. So it doesn't it doesn't resonate what she said about the Browns or anybody else. I just because again, you know, I see these things as big distractions, and I'm like, who got time to be? room for this team or that team of millionaires when this thing is literally collapsing around our ears. It's just, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV for the same reason. You know, once you get to a certain place, there is no return. And I see these things for the distractions that they are. You know, this is serious. And you know, people will have you to my older oh, housewives of this who wants to be a millionaire that reality TV this. I'm like, child, who has time for that? Everyday working people are struggling. And it's just, you know, it's not about let them eat cake. It's about we need to be trying to fix this thing because, you know, I just heard on the news today we had the three global highest temperatures three days in a row. So this thing is really serious. And I guess because I'm older, it's kind of the reality of it just hits me in a way that I can't easily set aside, you know, so she could say whatever she want to say. Child, I'll even agree. <laughs> yeah, I use a lot of sports analogies. I know some people may have been watching and probably are like, what's the what's who's Bill Belichick and what's the Browns and all that kind of stuff. Like some people may have been like, what? But I think uh, I think a good amount of people got it, but yeah. What what's up? Um, what, what's up, Shirley? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, what's up? Cool, cool. Well, I was just going to say I was quite taken aback by the chat, considering that I myself have been an on the ground organizer all my life. I may be a pianist, but I come from a home where my mother get this. My mother um, tied herself to the on a pillar of the Taft Hotel to protest the unfair labor practices of black laundry workers, toward black laundry workers. My mother was an icon in the black laundry worker movement of the sweatshops. So I really can't stand every time I say something in the chat that's based on my own opinions that I get been, been called a troll and all kinds of things. This is the cult of personality that I think we should avoid when we are organizers and we're trying to be out in the field really making people's lives better. I'm in Berkeley, and we're very activists here in Berkeley for rent control and things like that. And that's why I like Savvy's program, because a lot of what you do in mutual aid and all that is what I totally support. But going in the chat and getting insulted because I don't, I'm not a Jimmy Dore embracer is totally ridiculous. In fact, when he was an aggressive progressive on TYT, I really enjoyed him quite a bit. Um, but I feel that now he is catering to the anti-vax movement. He gets a lot of clicks for it. He spends most of his program with the vax thing. You know, it's too much. But I must say that I grew up with WBAI and all my family were organizers. They were transport worker organizers. They were Rail Brotherhood of Railroad Trainmen. So why do I get this abuse when I disagree based upon my own experiences being an on-the-ground organizer? I think people need to have a wider understanding of that, that each of us contributes in our own way to the betterment of our fellow man and shouldn't have to experience the kind of vindictiveness 
on a chat. It's ridiculous. This is what's going on even on the podcasting. You see them calling each other names and it goes back and forth. And what does it accomplish really? What does it accomplish to this one calls this one that and that one says this one is that? I mean, someone tell me what does this all accomplish in the long run in terms of making the world a better place to live? Well, I don't know what it accomplishes, but I will say um, if people thought you was a troll, it's probably because I get a lot of trolls, surely. Well, I'm not a troll. <laughs> I don't know how to control. I spoke at the Martin Luther King Library when I organized substitute teachers in Fresno, California, got the first union ever to be formed for substitute teachers. So I did a lot of work for free. I was a volunteer organizer and I got those people going and we organized, you know, like a thousand subs. And so I've done a lot in my life and I come from a family of, of organizers, you know? So I'm not a troll. I don't know what this troll stuff is all about, frankly. It's ridiculous. I've also sent you a lot of articles that, are, that have been very interesting about the affirmative action ruling and other things. I don't know if you've seen it. A lot, a lot of people have actually. Um, right, right. Ever since I did that coverage, I've gotten a lot of emails about the affirmative action stuff. Um, but yeah, it's probably because, like, especially people are used to seeing you, and you may disagree about personality or something. Like, I get a, I'm known for getting a lot of trolls. So yeah, I'm not a troll. People probably may like see. I have a YouTube people. channel too, and I refuse to take advertising. You know, I have like eighteen thousand subscribers, and I'm a classical pianist, but they keep telling me, you know, we, we can give you this, you know, sponsorship. And I refuse all of it because I don't believe that you can mix music and, and, and corporate kind of things. You know, that's not what it's about. So when I see Jimmy Dore with the corporate stuff, I begin to wonder, why is he doing it? Why does he have corporate sponsors suddenly? So I, mean, I think, I think I, I can tell you what I think is happening some of the people I have noticed this that some of the people that have those Rumble exclusive contracts they have a sponsorship. I think it's a requirement. So mm -hmm. I have noticed that because like Kim has one, Russell Brand has one, Jimmy has one. I mean, I don't watch that many other people on Rumble, but I have noticed the Rumble exclusive people tend to have that. So that's probably a part of it. Another thing I noticed mm -hmm. too is that a lot of them that were on Substack have moved away from Substack and have moved to locals. I think that's also mm -hmm. another requirement with like the Rumble exclusive, like that kind of thing. But I think that's probably why, um, because Jimmy has never had like sponsored like before. But I think that um, I, I think where people get the frustration is when, you know, there are those of us that are out there doing exactly what you're doing doing organizing, doing activism, doing mutual aid. And there are people who I have talked to privately multiple times, by the way, uh, who who know that we're doing these things, but they'll go into other people's shows and say that we're not. Exactly. And that's a big part of the problem. Exactly. Like right now I'm looking at the chat and they're saying Shirley is full of shit. I mean, it's so, it's so juvenile and ridiculous to do that to people. What is the point? What is that accomplishing? to call people names. Seriously, it should, it should, it should Nothing. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, Nothing. I'm voting for, I'm voting for a West. So if I say I wasn't voting for West, somebody on the chat's gonna tell me I'm a troll and crazy. I mean, this is what, this is what it's come to. And it's unfortunate. Surely. 
Yes, Roger. Sure. I know you're a fellow New Yorker. I hear your New York accent. You're, I, I, <laughs> I, I you was said, born and raised in New York, New York City girl. Oh, what? oh. oh okay. actually yeah. the Marble Hill Project. So I came from a railroad worker and working class parents. And, you know, we were the first college kids of, of our generation. You know, it was nobody went to college before that. Okay. I'm 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 not from New York, but I'm from New York. I'm, I'm not from the, I'm not from the city, but I do work in the city. Right. Um, I think you, you told you were working in um, you Uber or was it? Um, yeah, I, I Uber in the city, but I, I don't. Right. I, I, I live in I, I live out further out east in on uh, Long Island. Right. I don't know if it sounded. I don't even know what a New York accent sounds like, and I grew up. Well, here. I can put my New York accent on if I want to, but I've been in California for thirty years, so I lost. My so. Name. So here's the thing. I wanna I wanna talk to you. So you, you have all this experience. You're in California now. That's a ballot initiative state. We, we, Why have, not? we have it here. We've had we've had some bad ballot initiatives where you look between the lines yeah. and they haven't been very good. We've defeated some of those. Mm-hmm. So 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 check it out. Maybe we, do we can it. set something up here and take that cow care and put it to an initiative as an amendment, not as oh, a yeah, We want that here. We want it. But, you know, believe it or not, there are a lot of seniors like myself who actually are very happy with Kaiser, unfortunately, which is a Medicare Advantage plan. And they what? want to stick. Yeah, yeah, it's a Medicare Advantage plan, and they want to stick to it. So it's, hard, right, so... To fight, it's hard to fight the progressive, uh, so-called progressives here who want to stick with Medicare Advantage. That, that ain't progressive, but I hear where you're coming from. No, Maybe you can find Maybe you could find some some other people or something, some 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 youngins or some. We're, we're working now on the issue of the bike. There is a bike lobby here, and even though we believe that bikes should replace cars, we had a situation here in on Hopkins Street where it was not feasible to do it, and it was a, like a big brawl between the bike people and the merchants and the seniors. So I've been involved in that whole thing. Yeah, I, I hear you, but I'm talking about some transformation. I'm not saying that's not good or anything like that, that but I'm saying problem. this single payer thing. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, we want the single payer. We want the yeah, single payer. But, you know, like instead of going through the government, put it to the initiative. I believe because they're trying to do that. Um, it's Governor uh, Newsom will veto anything. You know, Newsom uh, betrayed yeah, yeah, the United. Betrayed them. He betrayed them. He said he was going to support single payer, what, and then it turned what, around. What politician doesn't? That's the reason why I say stop messing with these politics. If you got the ability to do it yourself, then do it yourself. You know what I mean? And and because these politicians are always going to betray you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's and I totally agree I, with you. I was on a cow care thing um, last year, a Zoom, and I was just like, "All right, let, let's want to see what they going, what they talking about. They want a ballot initiative after, because you know what happened with that with that uh, Ro Connor like or Ashkar Bagar, whatever the hell his name was, came on and he started apologizing to everybody about like, oh, I'm sorry, couldn't pass cow care, whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, this is it. Now this is the new year." Now they're going to be on some, you know, later for these politicians, mm -hmm. we're going to go back. So then they started talking about talking to politicians. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you people? They, they was in the chat. There's like, oh, this, that is no decorum and blah, 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 this and blah. I was like, you people are ridiculous. You're talking about talking to politicians again. Like, haven't you ever heard of that book? 
uh, what is that book? That it was called. Um, uh, 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 he's just not into you. He's just not mm-hmm. that into you. Right? It's something like that. Mm-hmm. Your, your your party is just not that into you. What are you going back? Hey, let's rush back into the fire. Like that makes no sense. Then you know they started putting in the chat like, oh, if you're gonna be here, you gotta show decorum and blah blah blah. blah. These are the rules. Well, like, oh, you guys are jokes. So there has to be some group or something, you know, because everybody here, despite everyone's you know cursing at you or whatever the case is, I'm pretty sure. I don't pay attention. Yeah, I don't pay attention since I'm out there doing things. What they're doing. Right, right. What I'm saying is. I'm pretty sure these people here will actually try to help. Even despite all that, will donate whatever they can because once it happens in the states, and the states that it always happens with first, are the ballot initiative states as a ballot initiative. Once it catches on fire, it, somebody's going to break through, but people, someone got to put their best foot forward. And, and you sound like the perfect person to put the best foot for it. Well, you know, I'm so my, my organizing days are decades uh, of organizing, decades of organizing with uh, a family, a family that is for organizing. So I'm I think that we're so Jewish think- and we're a Jewish family and we are not pro-Israel. So let's dispel that. We are really disgusted with the way the apartheid policies and what's happening to the Palestinians. It's really despicable. So, um, So I think that I think a big part of the, you know, like uh, in reference to the the anti-vax thing and stuff like that, I think there's a difference between being anti-vax and having criticisms about the COVID vaccine, which was not tested uh, nearly as long enough as other vaccines. And people have had side effects from those vaccines. I know people personally who have had side effects from the, the COVID vaccine. I know women that had menstrual problems mm-hmm. after getting the COVID vaccine. People I know personally, not something I had to listen to on the news. So mm-hmm. Jimmy Dore was one of those people that had an adverse reaction to the COVID vaccine. And that's why he wanted to pry more into it and be like, you know, what is this really about? Like, what did I take? So I think that's something to take into consideration. Like, that doesn't mean he's anti-vax. That just means that he has issues with a vaccine, which was basically an experimental vaccine, which was not tested long enough and was rushed out to people and forced upon a lot of people. Like I didn't have an option to take the COVID vaccine. I had to take it or otherwise I would lose my job. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, I think, I think what, you know, Jimmy had an issue with, and I can't talk about it, you know, as much on YouTube because YouTube, you know, they gave us a strike at RBN for just playing a video from a freaking medical conference where they talked about it. So I think that the larger channels, you know, they can get away with it because they have actual personal uh, contacts at YouTube that they can reach out to if something happens with one of their videos or whatever. For the smaller channels, we don't have that. So I think that's the point to make clear. Jimmy Dore did get the vaccine. It's not like he was one of those people who's like, no, I'm not going to get it and da, da, da. No, he did get it and he had an adverse reaction to it. So I think if you have an adverse reaction to a vaccine or any type of medical treatment, obviously, yeah, you're going to have some skepticism, but it's not just him. There's been other people that have come out with issues as well. And now mainstream media did have to come forward and admit, FYI, you could end up with these long-term issues 
if you took the COVID vaccine. And one of them is tinnitus. The other one is they're finally admitting the menstrual issues uh, for women. So Jimmy Dore was actually right in reference to the skepticism about the COVID vaccine. I think he spends an inordinate amount of time on his program on the vaccine thing. I mean, so many shows, it keeps going on and on and on. That's the problem for me. I think he should diversify a little bit. I think. Talk about and, and And there are people who spend an enormous amount of time on their show talking shit about other podcasters and that's all but they that's talk about. That's also not good. But that's also not good. That is the point. Every time I turn one, like Emma Vigeland is supposed to be bad. So today I happened to watch the majority report and she had an amazing interview with a Palestinian journalist. So I really learned quite a bit about, you know, the Palestinian situation from on the ground from that guy. So what am I supposed to say? Because you disagree with her on another issue, I shouldn't watch her. This is where it's getting so dogmatic, where, you know, you can't disagree with anybody on the left without getting showered with insults. That's the problem, I find. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But to that same point, one of the people that you mentioned in the chat, Jordan Sheraton, does exactly just that. Like what you just said, that you shouldn't watch these people who were talking about other podcasters but then when he had this debate with due dissidents, he said he was totally fine with Vanguard doing it, two white boys, but he wasn't okay with a black network doing it. And I'm sorry, but more people need to call this out because I see it for what it really is. This really is not about RBN having videos about podcasters, which we have videos, more videos about foreign policy, to be honest. And more videos, more summits that we've done. We've done a lot of summits, which you never hear them mention. And he does know about because when he was on good terms with me, he used to DM me his tweets and I used to DM him, DM him mine where, where our summits and our activism and all that kind of stuff. So Jordan knows exactly about those things. And he went on to do dissidence and he lied. He blatantly lied about RBN, and you have to ask yourself why that is. And I'm here to tell you from personal experience, it is because RBN criticized him mm -hmm. and RBN criticized David Sirota. And David Sirota is one of those people in this space that you apparently are not supposed to criticize. So you well, like the lever. I get the lever, and I enjoy the lever very much because the lever has some really good journalists, like Julia Rock. There's some really good people. I am a subscriber to the lever. So well, RBN didn't criticize the lever. Mm -hmm. RBN actually gave David Sirota credit for his writing, He's but amazing. Jordan couldn't hear all of that. Jordan only heard the part where RBN criticized his analysis, his political analysis on Crystal Kyle and Friends, and David Sirota's political analysis was incorrect, which we see that now today. So CJ was actually correct when he criticized David Sirota's political analysis, but because it was David Sirota, that's why Jordan Sheraton was up. And I know this because he DM'd me privately. He DM'd me privately. And if you wanna talk about the infighting and attacks, it was just a couple months ago when me and Colin were chatting on, on Twitter and Jordan Sheraton inserted himself into a conversation that had nothing to do with him the same day that his wife was in labor at the hospital. And he DM'd me and said, people are yelling at me basically because I said this and I said, Jordan, if you're at the hospital and your wife is having a baby, why are you tuning into Twitter to argue with two people about a conversation that you know absolutely nothing about? 
So there is a lot of hypocrisy and there is certain favoritisms and I'm going to keep it real. The white guys who do the same type of fucking content every fucking day, they get a pass from other white leftists in this space. All it takes is for RBN. RBN can do one freaking video about a podcaster and all of a sudden that's our, our entire fucking content. All you have to do is look on our channel and you will see. I watch, I watch RBN all the time. You want to know something? I watch RBN all the time. So, right. And I mean, what I'm saying yeah, is so one of the people that you praised in the chat is well, because of just that. Because of Chariton? Is that why I'm getting bamboozled over Chariton? Or is it because I don't care for Jimmy Dore? The whole thing is ridiculous. It's so, because Jordan Sheraton has blatantly lied on a black network. And by the, by the way, this is not the first time he has done this. Jordan Sheraton has lied on black journalists before I even entered this space. And those people actually came on shows to talk about their experience working with Jordan Sheraton. So the thing is, is there is a problem here. And I think we need to look at something deeper. And what I will say is this. Just because you go on the ground to do reporting does not mean that you don't have some type of bias towards a certain type of black people that will read your shit and will tell you tell you exactly who they think you are. That doesn't mean you don't have some type of bias because you are looking for a black person to be a certain type of way that you're comfortable with dealing with. You're, you're not comfortable with you're dealing with black people who are going to call you out on your bullshit. And that's the problem with Jordan Sheraton and other people have seen it too. And it's not just RBN, other white people have had that problem with Jordan Sheraton. So that is a fucking problem. So when you came into the chat, and they you started to praise start, and give kudos to Jordan they, Sheraton. They, they if you feel like Jimmy the people Dorf. in the chat were Dorf. very angry with you or upset with you, that is the fucking reason why. Because he has been lying on me and he's been on my show. So he knows exactly what I do. He's lied on me. He's lied on RBN multiple fucking times. It is a lie to go on to do dissonance and to say you're the only one who covered the Amazon union you know, protest. That is a fucking lie. It is a lie to say you're the only one who covered John Deere, who covered Catalog. That's a fucking lie. RBM was on the ground for all of those events and he knows it because I sent it fucking to him via DM and I've proven this shit before on my channel where I showed you where he retweeted the shit. He is a fucking liar. Period. I don't think they were they were bamboozling me over Jordan. They were bamboozling me because I don't care for Jimmy Dore. So that I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't have to like Jimmy Dore and I can still be a valuable organizer in my own community. That's the point, you know, and if I like some of the work that Jordan does, say in Flint, Michigan, where no one else seems to be or in East Palestine, I can separate that out from all the other stuff. So that's the problem. I don't that want to is also a lie, Shirley. That no one else is in Flint, Michigan. That is a lie. Well, who's Rome, there now? Well, who's there now? You see, Jimmy this Dorf. is the problem. Rome lives in Detroit, Michigan. Rome has been to Flint. Rome has delivered water and food and supplies to people in Flint multiple times. Rome delivered water in Jackson, Mississippi. In fact, some of the some of our viewers met with him in person to help him. Rome does tour for the poor. He travels all across this country doing these things. So for Jordan Sheraton to act like he's some damn white savior and say, I went to these poor black neighborhoods and helped these people and told their story. 
Don't sit up there and pretend like you're the first person to be there because he has not been. Rome has been doing this shit before he even joined RBN. So for people who are not aware of that, mm -hmm. Tour for the Poor existed before he joined RBN. He's always been doing this stuff. So what pisses me the fuck off is when some white guy from fucking Long Island goes out there a couple of times and says, I'm the only one out here. He was not. He was not the only one at Standing Rock either. There were other black journalists at Standing Rock and Jordan Sheraton till this day refuses to give them credit. And that's why he won't come back on my show because I'll call him out on that bullshit and I have the fucking receipt. But that's Sabrina... I just wanted to say, I think Jordan Cheriton is Jewish. Yes. Okay, so it's not just whitish, white Jewish. Well, I don't know what his Judaism would have Let to me, do with uh, this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jordan Cheriton is, is a white passing man in this country. And when most people encounter Jordan Cheriton, they're not stopping and saying, oh, I think this guy might be Jewish. He is a white man in this country, and he has certain privilege that the rest of us do not have in this country. That's absolutely true. So you're, talk you're talking to the choir. I mean, seriously. But I'm not going to get involved with all the personalities. I will continue doing my work and working with other organizers in, in California. And I think that's the bottom line here, not to worry about chat and people just... Run a single-payer ballot initiative in California. Yeah, that's that's where it's at. It's uh, separating the wheat from the chaff. And, you know, I do do intend to, to vote for uh, West. And I'm very much much more of a in the socialist camp, not in the Democratic Socialist Party, but more of a socialist. Um, you know, that's where I favor more of than, than the main parties we have now. And what I'm not going to do, and I, and I totally respect that, Shirley, but as as the same thing as one of the few black women in this space, what I'm not going to do, number one, I do not hold my tongue. And number two, I'm not going to let a bunch of white people sit up here and smear a black network. That shit no, will not I happen my the, But I didn't smear the black network. I watched the black network. So don't accuse me of smearing RBN. I've never, so I don't know where you're getting that idea. So, no, I'm just uh, saying in general. Yeah, I don't smear the black network at all. That's ridiculous. And I told you, my mother uh, worked with the black laundry workers in, in the movement. You know, she's very well known for all of her work with black people for, for decades. But they grew up with that. You any bona Working with black people and being black surely ain't the same thing, though. Like, I feel like I've heard this 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 statement so much in my life. I work with black people. I had a black friend. I knew this. No, like, I don't say that. Way. My yeah. mother was organizing um, black laundry work. But what does that have to do with today? I'm just saying, I'm just sick and tired no, of no, people. Shirley, I'm, just, Shirley I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but this is what I wanted to say. And thank you, Noel. When you first came on here, and I want you to hear me very clearly. When you first came on here, the first thing that you mentioned was your mother and what she did with the black laundry workers. When right. somebody comes off and that's the first thing that they mentioned, in my head for me, the first thing I hear is, I'm not a racist, I have five black friends. That's how it comes off as. So if that's the first thing yeah, that comes out your mouth, already people are turned but, off. But my because mother, you have to prove to some that, oh, I like, I had, I, I've done no, this, like you have done it. You I come up as Miss Brandon. No, no, Shirley, Shirley, listen to me. Shirley, 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 listen to me. If you've ever seen The Color Purple, remember the scene with Miss Millie and she got out of the car and she said, I've done everything for you black people. 
That's how it comes off as. So I, I hear what you're saying. I want, I want to listen to you first and hear you out. But I just want to say initially, I was turned off just by that statement alone. And after that, I didn't want to listen to you, but I listen to you more. I understand where you're coming from. But you should want to, I, I hear what you're saying, and I thank you for your activism and everything that you do. But you might want to try to use your language differently when you're, when you're coming on a platform with mostly black people. Because that statement alone, begin with that statement, can be a, almost like a turnoff. That's why I want to. I think there's also an age difference when you're 76 and you're talking to much younger people. There's, you know, different different age ranges and what I've experienced growing up in the projects of New York and everything. I'm just trying to say that everything they were screaming at me about, I won't go on that chat anymore. I'm kind of sick of it. Shirley, they probably Shirley, if I can tell you, they come from I'm not going on the chat because all they do is fire fuck you mm -hmm. and things like that. So no, Shirley, I hear you. They come listen. I've been a patron or a savvy for a long time. I support her and everything she does. I love savvy. They come from me in the chat. And I'm on and obviously I'm on the speaker. I'm a speaker. They come from me because I'm a charter school teacher. So they'll find people will find anything to come for you, come at you. And one time I just shut down. I said, Y'all need to shut the fuck up. Because y'all know what y'all talking about. Are you a teacher? Have you ever taught a day in your life? They they couldn't answer that question. So I so therefore they I shut them down and never had a problem since. But if they do come for me again, I know who I am. I don't care. So as right. long as you know who you are, that's all that matters, Shirley. That's right. All Thank you very much because I won't go in the chat. I, I I have to you know lead my life and do what I'm doing with the people that I that I want to work with in terms of bettering the life of everybody, black, white, and all different colors. So thank you for giving me this opportunity, Sabi. Very very appreciative. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Let's bring in uh, John, and then I'll go to you, Roger. John, you just have to unmute. Is that a cat in the pic? Is that a cat sipping like a cup or something? Oh, John, I don't know what happened to you, John. We might have lost John. John, I'll invite you to speak, and I'll bring in Sergio. Sergio, sup? Just got to unmute. Hello. Hello. What's up? Sergio, you're breaking up a little bit, huh? Yeah, I will listen to your show. I'll listen to your show for a long time. We can't. I can't hear you, hon. I, I can't hear you. I'm going to invite you. No, I'm going to invite you to speak, and then uh, if you want to work on your connection. But I invited you as a, a speaker, and I'll bring a neoliberal uh, for now. What's I, neoliberal? Uh, we can't hear you. You're breaking up, hon. I'm sorry. You might have to try, like, uh, refreshing the browser or, or closing and opening the chat again. I mean, the app again, depending on which way you're doing it. What's up, neoliberal? Hey, besties. Uh, can you guys hear me? Hello. What's up? Howdy. Um, awesome to, to see to see everybody. Um, an amazing show. Uh, oh, my God. So many thoughts. Colin, Colin is so much fun. Can I just say, like, you know, I mean, so many, so many characters. Um, and I'm going to miss it. I don't know what's going to happen, but 
you know, thank you, Sabi, for doing these shows. What's I feel like to it? What do you mean? I mean, you know what I mean. Rumble, buying it up, feeling like it's leaving it for dead. You know, David Sachs forgot about it. Uh, it feels like they're not really trying to turn it into something else. Like, I, I mean, um, I saw some people mention that they're going to try to move everybody to locals, which doesn't really have a voice feature, like you said. So, Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from them. So I'm just kind of just sitting back waiting, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. I mean, but oh my God, like Anna Kasparian, like, or uh, Karen, uh, you know, whatever, whatever terminology she accepts um, and when she, what she wants to be referred to. Like, I'm really glad you, and uh, I saw Ole too, like going off. It's been, it's really satisfying to watch because there's something really pernicious about what she's doing. Like, I think she's like, act like to her, in her mind, she's like method acting, you know, she like, <laughs> like, I don't even <laughs> feel like she fully believes what she's doing, which makes it so much worse. You know, it's purely strategic. Yeah, I think, you know, um, for me, I think that, um, I don't know. I just feel like TYT is losing viewers and they're trying to find some other way. Like, and not just viewers, but employees, you know, like people are just not too happy with some of the takes that her and Jink have had or some of the things that they've done recently. Um, and my whole thing is, is just like, again, like you have to ask yourself, like, what is the perspective? Like, what is it all for? You know? Um, and again, it's like, Breaking Points has actually like did exactly what it sought out to do was to become like a TYT, but to have both sides, to have a conservative side and the left side. And so that actually shot them up pretty quickly to a million views. Now, granted, they were able to get some of that following from the Hill. So it's not like they had to start from scratch, but TYT, I think, is realizing that that obviously is a competitor for them because of the fact that they're getting the views. And like I said, you can have yeah. 5 million subscribers, but if your views are going down, then that says something. I think people are kind of running dry with this whole progressive strategy. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. And I mean, Jenk is also like a union buster. So it's like, I think he was always... Like, I, I don't, like, and he says he was a Republican. So, like, I think it's, I think they're really just trying, like, it's all like a, sh a show to them. Like, I, I, I don't think they have any sincerely held beliefs, like, in anything. Like, and I, and, I agree, and I agree also with what you said earlier about force the vote was my moment, too, when I, like, you really saw, I really saw them differently. I mean, it was, it was, it was such a crazy um, scenario because it was, you know, it was such a minor ask, you know, to have a floor vote and everybody got in line again. Like, you know, the, the certain people, um, were really like committed to just play defense against it. Um, like running interference, uh, you know, add, and, and we still don't fully know what happened there, you know, like which squad member reached out to who. Ro Khanna does all of these media tours. Like he goes on any show, uh, almost, not really. Um, 
It for the most part is true. He he's gone on small smaller channels too. But he couldn't make it to the Force the Vote town hall. He couldn't make it there like that day. No, like he has all no. of these friends and in independent media. Like they were avoiding no, I it. Think, I think all of them could have made it. They were told not to. Remember what what Bree said on Rising. A call went out and said, "Nope, they're not going to do this. Not to do this." Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to bring one point um, to light to touch on what neoliberal was you know, kind of alluding to, and and maybe is something that I'm reading more into it. But I have real severe reservations with these first and second generation immigrant Americans like Armenian and, you know, Turkish or whatever. And then they emerge in the American body politic as either politicians like Nimrata, Nikki Haley, and the vivid guy who's running for the Republican nomination, because I am always concerned about what is the real grounding of your understanding of politics in this nation? Because they seem to always land in spaces where it's really just about capitalism and opportunity. And my concern is always, if you're coming to this nation and you're coming seeking opportunities, this is not, you know, the the free opportunity zone. You have to know that there is a body politic that has been churning in this country since before you arrived. And I am always concerned when they, you know, jump on the bandwagon of what is the most popular, what is the most capitalist. And as long as they're spewing the things that edify empire and capitalism, they're given space. But if you allow, if you ever see one who aligns with the oppressed, then they're not given the space that these other ones are who lend their black and people of color to these racist and otherwise bigoted situations. And so, like I say, when I see them, you know, I try and have an open mind and listen, but I am very suspicious because I'm like, what is your politics rooted in? And they come and they speak and they talk about the American democracy and this and that. And I'm like, what do you really know about it? You know? And so I just wanted to put that in. And that's what I see um, Anna Kasparian kind of wrestling through, trying to find her real footing in this space where she's got a reputation for commenting But the thing is, do you really understand the depth of what's going on in this nation? Or are you just trying to say what is prodigious and popular for you personally so you can find your footing? My thing is, if you're of Armenian descent, why are you so busy trying to move into the white space? Because you see it as prodigious and you're doing everything to find your footing, but it probably doesn't feel authentic. Because what is your real authentic experience? Is that what you're grounding your politics in? Or is it you looked at the lay of the land, you saw where the opportunity might be, and you reformed yourself into that, just like the Kardashians. You become this thing. You know, you become this thing that creates a type of sensation or energy in this space. But there are those of us who were born, raised, got people who, who, you know, built this country out and we're fighting in a different type of situation. And I often wonder if they take the time to really understand it. 
It's not just about opportunities for us. But again, they they blend in. They still blend in. And that's why I say like we used to have the phrase like white passing. They can still blend in. And like obviously like when we talk about like the Armenian culture, like Kim Kardashian, that's not her nose. Like all of them had nose jobs. Again, I felt like this was a way to make themselves to appear to be more Anglo. And same thing with Anna Kasparian. Like, it's like, why get of a part of get rid of a part of what makes you unique and, and who you are? One of the things I really loved about Jewel, I don't know if everyone remembers the artist Jewel. Joel Jewel used to get picked on when she became famous because they were like, Oh my God, she's making all this money. Why doesn't she fix that gap between her teeth? No, that that made Jewel unique. Like, why does she have to fix fix the gap between her teeth? Like, no, like just let her be be herself. And so for for me, it's like there's certain things that I notice again. It's like when people make these efforts, and I'm not trying to like shame shame people for getting plastic surgery, but when I see you moving towards certain types of procedures and you are not a part of the Anglo-Saxon community, and you're getting certain things done to make yourself appear to be more Anglo so that you fit in with the white majority so that elevates your career, I see a problem with that. I see something with that. And if, if Noelle mentioned the Kardashians, they got procedures done to make them look Anglo in certain ways, but then they also got procedures done to make them basically profit off of features that black women have so that they could see it, view it as trendy or exotic and that type of thing. Like everyone talks about like Kim Kardashian's butt or whatever. Kim Kardashian also had butt injections. Like you can look up all this stuff. It tells you like the procedures they had done. So it was like there were certain features that black women naturally have that they actually had done as plastic surgery to benefit their career. Whereas those of us who are black women and we just naturally have those features, we've been shut out of places because we have those features. And we've been told that we need to conform to the white majority in order to get those positions or to move up. Meanwhile, there are women who are white passing who have been able to adopt our features through plastic surgery. And when they get those things, they're actually elevated by the media and by the entertainment industry as trendy or exotic or unique. And that is a fucking problem. By the way, the Armenians, are they people of color? Because you said she would, she she passes herself for uh, a white person. Because she, she, she seems like a white person to me. I don't think she needed to basically get surgery, like a nose or boob job or anything. Because I think John Stewart once said that uh, when the Jews came in America, they, they were grandfathered in. I mean, John Stewart doesn't look like a person of color to me. He looks like a white person. You need to look at pictures of Kim Kardashian from like 10 years ago. And you'll see the difference. So it's bleach thing. I don't know if I necessarily say bleach thing, but like she had it. They all had a nose, like a distinctive. And they got the nose job to make their nose smaller. And she got butt injections to make her butt bigger. Like people think that she was just, that's natural. That's not natural. 
Yeah, I'm talking to her because I know she was doing like this cream thing that would basically say they bleached it. There was this weird thing about her, like she did a commercial for a cream and then she they, they white her skin. Or no, no, they darken her skin. So and then people, people said that they were doing Yeah, so for people who are not aware, like in Water Watertown, Massachusetts actually has an Armenian museum. There's a significant Armenian population in Watertown, Massachusetts. So Watertown is actually where the Boston Marathon bomber was hiding out. So just to give you an idea of where that place is located. So it's right next to Cambridge, Massachusetts. And there's, I don't know how many of them still live there now because of gentrification, but particularly Watertown was a blue collar town and there was a large Armenian community there. That's why the Armenian museum is there, right? If you talk to people who are Armenian, and I used to work with a guy at MIT who's Armenian, he, they will tell you that like, we don't look like that. Like if you point out like the Kardashians or if you point out Anna Kasparian, they will tell you like, we don't look like that. And you see the difference. So like, to me, it's just like, you don't, you know, it, it kills me when people like, now we're going to a whole nother thing, but it kills me when people like Kylie Jenner got lip injection. Like, let me get the, the let me get the, the black girl lips. Let me get the black girl booty. And they made a fucking profit off of that shit. Whereas black women who naturally have those assets, we were pushed out of certain industries because we did not conform to the white mainstream. And that's what people need to understand, especially in the modeling industry, in the cosmetic industry. We were pushed Indeed. out because of our natural features. And especially, yeah, the, the entertainment, entertainment industry. industry. I was, was going to bring, bring up. up um... Oh, sorry. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate Sir Mix a lot. Um, I uh, do you remember <laughs> um, Julie Chen, the host of um, uh, I think Celebrity Big Brother? She's uh, Asian American, and she talked about how when she was a newscaster in 25 and like in, in Ohio somewhere, um, a producer came up to her and told her, uh, you look too Chinese. You have to get surgery uh, on your yeah. eyes to like be presentable. And I'm, I'll put the, I put, it's awful. Uh, it was an awful story. And I posted the link in the chat, but, um, but, and, and she admitted that like she did it because she wanted to fit in with what, what her idea was of what people expected of her. And it's just so sad. Um, and, and just the fact that someone, she was 25, like someone that young getting surgery, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just, I mean, do you know, I, I mean, you do you, but like, it's, it's just sad. Well, I can tell you, you know. guys, like, you know, I got picked on a lot. Like when I was little, I got picked on, I was called darky. I was like, I got picked on because of my nose. I got picked on because I had a big, I have a big forehead. Like I got picked on a lot, like when I was growing up. And, but it was, it never, it never made me feel like I needed to change physically change. America or Germany? Features. America. Okay. America. In Germany, it was it was different. It was it was almost the exact opposite in a sense because, like, they kind of they were used to seeing black people because of all the military bases. Like, just to be honest, 
But at the same time, it was like, if they came across you, a lot of people, for the most part, they were like, oh, you're American. Oh, what's America like? Like that kind of thing. Like they'd want to hear about America and they thought like you were unique just because you you weren't from there, right? Um, except I when I when I first moved there, like I really didn't have that much experience in America. So I couldn't really help people on that part. Sorry. But but um they it was weird. Like it was I I don't even want to say it was a fetish, but I will say that like they were a lot of people, and you still have racists as well, but a lot of people for the most part, they were happy to see someone who looked different versus when we came to the US, like that was the first time I had to deal with like real racism. We came to the US when people were just like, no, I don't, I mean, I was in school, like, no, like no black people. I don't want black people at this table or just like, just fucking asshole kids, like stuff like that. Like I never had to deal with that um, in Germany. But don't the, but don't the Germans have this racist uh, thing, Christmas about black people? Black Pete. Who's Black Pete? You never heard of Black Pete? Mm-mm. Uh, basically, it's uh, it's this weird uh, racist German thing where some some white guy basically puts uh, what do they call it? Like, the, the shoe shine on his face, make him look black. That he was supposed to be Santa's little helper that beats uh black 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 uh, little children. Well, I don't know about. I've I've never heard about that, but I mean, there's racist people everywhere. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's racist people in Germany too, but what I'm saying is as a black person, well, let me not say as a black person, as a black woman, let me put it that way, because I can't speak for black men and I want to be real. As a black woman in Germany, it was almost like you were appreciated. Whereas in the U.S., you're not as much now now these things have changed over time like this was a long time ago so like the u.s has i think it has gotten better in reference to what they consider to be the standard of beauty in reference to women but what i do not like happening in the u.s is that all these years black women have had these features that we were naturally born with and we were told it was ugly because it didn't feet it didn't meet the standards of white beauty, the past couple of years, white women have had procedures done that make them have black features. And now all of a sudden they're considered beautiful and exotic. And that's what I do not like. I don't like that. I think, um, what do you call it? Uh, number one, you forgot the, uh, the, the biting, because that's what we used to call it back in the days. You know, some call the jack in your shit, but um, you forgot the cornrows. <laughs> They're wearing cornrows now. Um, but, you know, that's been going on for a couple of... It's definitely been going on for more than a couple of years. Because I mean, appropriation remember, is real, and it's been around since right. the beginning. That's the word. No matter what we create, they can appropriate it and market it and commodify it And like I say, I am not xenophobic or anything like that, but I am curious as to how these generations 
first and second generations of immigrants come and how they find their footing in a society that's fundamentally polarized around black and white. And, you know, even when you introduce the whole concept of people of color, that is a diminishment and a type of marginalization of blacks who have descended from slaves. Because we're right. not just people of color. You're right. grouping all of us together in this big non-white category. And I am and always- the short end of the stick at the end of the day. Yeah, and I'm just curious as to how these other, um, other ethnicities from other countries find their footing and why they don't find more of an alignment with the black people here who are the oppressed in this nation and you would come in fleeing oppression, you would readily identify with the oppressed, but this system sends out very discreet signals that if you want to get ahead and get the opportunities, you don't find any alignment with those people. They are trying right. to find their way. And like the book said, how the Irish were made white. So I guess this is America giving all these other you know, ethnicities, the opportunity to become white. Right. Yeah, that's that's it. They tell them not to uh, not to team up with us because the um, the whole thing of the 1965 Naturalization and Immigration Act, one of the things was um, the hope that since the ban is lifted on non-European country immigrants to come here, the hope was that they was going to join up with us and fight white supremacy. But it got cut off at the past where they was told, don't you join up with them black people in America or else the stuff that we're giving you can be taken away from you. We'll even possibly send you back. So that was, this was the government that was, that was again, was dividing us. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of them fell for the propaganda and you know, it is what it is. You know, they come here, they don't say when they want, when they advocate for their community, they don't say all lives matter. I mean, they, they don't be like, oh, minorities, people of color. They just say whatever their particular category is. You know, we're the only ones that say, oh, at least the people who have been in charge, the NAACP and and Urban League and all these people, they're the ones that be like minority and people of color and all that stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. You got to say black. You got to say yep. specifically Freeman. Yeah. Let's bring in Danny. Danny, what's up? Just got to unmute. Thank you. Good evening. Morning. Um, Danny, you got that red light special going on with your picture. Yeah, I'm so, still red. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sabrina. Um, I just uh, want to rewind back to... Uh, the, the woman who had spoke earlier, and I just want to vaguely put out there um, that as someone who was witnessing that incident, like from its inception in the chat to her last words when she was in the caller, um, it was baited, not from, and not so much from the speakers, you guys got the aftermath, but in the chat, it was, it was 
it was almost as if she she was compelled to come up here to and and just let it all out and just sum everything up as if it could be summed up she 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 failed at it unfortunately but we also like we we manipulated it to like kind of like be like that and i feel like we are just as guilty as the people we talk about perpetuating what do you this, mean by is, baited i'm confused um like almost immediately when uh i don't i don't know her uh i think her name was Susie. Or, i think you mean I'm shirley sure. i'm sorry shirley i thank you thank you for saving me there um from the the very moment I don't I don't know the the context so I this could also be a foot in my mouth but it was immediately like name calling it was just it was it was it was confrontational from the jump so she was immediate like sh she would have to feel defensive so she as was opposed called, she was called a name for no reason how I don't would know that happen? If it was I didn't say for no reason though. But I, I don't I don't mean that I I apologize if okay I'm miscommunicating that but well guys those of you like in the chat let's try to be more respectful. No. Uh, she's not new, Sabrina. Uh, Shirley Shirley's known in the RBN chat. That sure, she goes after Jimmy Dore every time she the name Jimmy Dore is mentioned every time in the chat. Oh, I was actually sure. watching this as well, and and what I what I saw was was both sides were um, were escalating, put it that way, yes. and it was just a chat fight, and it's no big deal, and I think we should move on with our lives, probably. <laughs> I respect that, Eric. I I do. I and by all means, it doesn't need to be spoken about any further. Um, Quick question, Dan, did you get my message? I'm using the browser, and so I didn't see your message. I, I certainly probably got it, but I haven't seen it yet. But I'm, I will get onto a device ASAP that, where I can, like, access it. And okay, I'll send, you, I'll send you. it to you again in the chat. Okay, cool. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, and hey, uh, Roger, these work flex. I'm gonna, I'll get off and. You know, you know. Noel, thank you for everything you like said from the moment you got on to this moment. Yes, Roger. I'm sorry. No, you, you know, you ain't gotta get off because of me. Oh no, no, I don't. I'm done. That was it. Oh, yeah, and oh. like for me, I just wanted to speak it. That's all. Offensive. Like for me, I'm just. I'm going to protect. Like no, you know, because like no, nobody didn't... else like is fighting for us. Nobody else protects us but us. Amen. Um, I wanted to suggest something that was put to me as an idea, and I think it's a a great one. So, uh, so let me. Play a, a, game, well, a game. Okay. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Before you do that, Roger, John, I think is been waiting to speak. Go ahead, John. John. 
Oh, John, you're unmuted, but I can't hear you. So I don't know. Um, I, John's, I mean, John's having technical issues. We just oh, I'm that. sorry, John. Uh, you did say Seth. Yeah, we, we, you were going to talk about the talk about the cocaine thing about oh, yeah, go ahead. yeah, cause I was like, uh, <laughs> a, a guy from work, basically, you know, I've, I've told you, I, I work in the, these security guards, they tend to watch like right wing news. And the guy showed me a thing about Hunter Biden basically left some powdered shit. And I'm like, Oh, that's probably cocaine. I'm probably no, they, did Hunter Biden go to the white house? I'm like, yeah, he was. And then people are like, well, no, we, how, how did cocaine get there? I'm like, it was like, it's Hunter Biden. Who else? It's not like Hunter Biden has his addiction went away. He's still addicted to cocaine. And I remember you did a talk about this where they said that, uh, well, how is it possible that Hunter Biden can get help? He can, he can get probation. He can get to go to all these, uh, 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 he can get help at like these, these like professional, uh, establishments, but a black person can go to jail and spend 50 years behind bars or 70 years for a bag of cocaine. Right, right. There, there are exceptions for Joe Biden's son. Yeah, but it's it's hypocrisy. Like, uh, if if people don't catch on that shit right now, like Trump is not gonna let this go. I mean, he he's fucking nasty. He's gonna probably use that shit. And then Cornell West for me, uh, I'm starting to see a little bit of Bernie and Cornell West because I mean, they he needs to. You know, let's not do the preacher stuff. Like you can do it somewhere else, but he needs to call them out, all of them, and call them out like fifty-fifty each each side. What do you he, mean? Because he has, beyond, he has so we can we can uh, give Sabrina ideas to of things to put to her. Yeah, because Jill comes on tomorrow. So what do you mean by that? Because he has called out Joe Biden in multiple well, interviews. They've talked about him multiple times. He keeps bringing up the milk toast shit, and they tell they tell him like, "Go fifty fifty, man. If you're going hard on Trump, go hard on Biden, because the way he you has, say he he has actually. Did you see the interview that he did with Hardlands Media like recently? Yeah. yeah, I saw that. But it seems like every time he does an interview with somebody, then he goes back to it a little bit. How so? You got to give me examples. Uh, I think it was with, he went to RBN, he talked about it and they said, told him he can't say that stuff because it'll make like Biden look like the Democrats are better than Trump when you're just going after Trump. Can't say what stuff? Uh, when he said Trump, Biden is like milk toast, neoliberal and Trump, Trump is like fascism. I mean, if you're going to call them out, just call up the same way. They're doing the same shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree. Like that is something that I did mention to him the very first time I interviewed him before he was even running, I did say like, Joe Biden is also fascist. So I think, and I know Pasta drilled that into him as well. That is something I think he does need to admit that like, here's why Joe, okay, Trump was such and such, but here's why Joe Biden is not that much different from Trump. And let me explain why. I think he definitely has to highlight that. I agree. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like that's the flaw. He's not going to want to do it. I feel like Every time he's going to do it, he's, he's going to probably go slip up and say the same thing again. You need to, they, well, R, I don't know, RBN's going to be on the team or anything, but they need to make it go 50-50. If he's going to go hard on Trump, he has to put the same energy on Biden. Say they're equally the same shit. 
because Biden is a couple of fucking years worse than Donald Trump, the way I see it. Because you can basically say Donald Trump's racist, bigot, he's all that shit, but Biden's the same shit. Like he's got history. I yep. mean, you could, you could, uh, Joe, um, Donald Trump didn't basically create the crime bill. Uh, Joe Biden did. Donald Trump didn't just, well, uh, well, he did, to be fair, he did mention all that in my interview with him. He did mention out the crime, the crime bill. He did mention how, um, he was wrong about Joe Biden. I will say this. He did say at the very beginning of the interview, he said, I was wrong about Biden. He did say that. He did say that, um, when I, I also I asked him, I was like, how do you feel about people, progressives or so-called progressives supporting uh, Joe Biden right out the gate uh, instead of the progressive, like people running on progressive issues? And he said, I think they're wrong. And he he called out in reference to calling out people by name. He called out Bernie Sanders. He said, yeah, even yeah I saw that. They're friends. But, I, but he I, also, I wonder. But he but he also called out Jamal Bowman. And and I think that's that's very telling because that was someone that he had he did support and he said I support him. He was like, but come on, man, if you're gonna be willing to call out to support Biden, you need to be willing to call out Joe Biden. So yeah, I do think that he he could work on that in reference to like just being like, listen, you know, maybe I should send them that picture that I had on one of my thumbnails about it shows Joe Biden putting on the Trump mask um, in reference Wait. to student loan debt. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah I, that, I that, that thumbnail was funny. I don't know where you got that one. From that, that account called tracking Biden from the left on okay. Twitter. So mm-hmm. is, is tracking Biden like uh, they're like the new guy for the people that were doing uh, tracking Donald Trump. But when once uh, Donald Trump, went away they stopped doing that shit or they didn't they didn't start doing it for biden so they, they've taken I that think, no, I, I think this is a different account i know they no have... no i'm not saying they're the same person i'm just saying like they took they took it upon themselves to do what the news people stopped doing in the, the moment biden came in mm-hmm. they didn't track biden's bullshit mm-hmm. yeah yeah well that's the thing about cornell for me because he needs to basically smell blood if he smells blood in the water he needs to go and attack for it because donald trump's not gonna wait Donald Trump smells blood. He's going to attack uh, Joe Biden uh, for the crack cocaine shit. He's probably going to yep. say that uh, the, the 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 White House is a crack house, and they're going to basically they're going to use that and say, oh, "Look at what they did the sanctity of the White House. Now it's a fucking crack house under Joe Biden." So speaking of some speaking of crack house, um, <laughs> I got to tell you guys something funny. My dad uh, <laughs> he saw. The interview I did with Cornell West when uh, Cornell said, "Get it, come on, get off the crack pipe, Joe Biden." My dad died like laughing. He said he was like, "My dad said I can't believe Doctor West said get off the crack pipe." Like that was something that was so surreal to my dad. Well, is there a way? Okay, is there a way to take away the preacher and put that Cornell West <laughs> in front of the cameras? Well, no, this whole take away the preacher thing, like that is who he is as a person. And this is something I was trying to get across to Pasta. Like people, a candidate shouldn't have to change their identity and who they are to appeal to the masses of the people. Trump didn't change who he was. Trump didn't change his rhetoric. Even when people were criticizing him for, you know, saying that 
you know, Mexican people were rapists or whatever. He didn't change his rhetoric and he won. And so I think what's important is that you have to be yourself. When you try to mold and shape these candidates into being what you think they should be, that's when they lose the people. And I watched the Democratic Party do that with Kamala Harris. And I was like, oh boy, they already molding their shape and now she's doing that thing where she's talking with her hand with the thumb in the air. That's like a standard DNC thing. So I, I people have to be their self. So I don't think he should remove that. That makes him stand out amongst the other people. That makes him appear to be different. Like nobody else is talking like that, you know? I agree. Because it seems to me that that version of Cornel West, it's like there's there's another version of him. The way I, the way I like to make a joke that there's like two Sabrinas. <laughs> there's a quiet Sabrina and there's an angry Sabrina locked up locked away in the in the closet. <laughs> So I, I feel like when he's saying that crackpot shit, I was like, oh, there's like an angry Cornell in there. I'm like, you why not? He said, I got a little bit of gangster in me. I was yeah, like, I'm oh. like, let this gangster out. I mean, he doesn't really need to do the, well, he could mix it up a bit and do it like that. But he, well, you said, you told me before that he's going to try to stop being so long winded because some people don't like that. Because I, I wonder how that's, that's going to be doing the debate stage. But anyways, if people have something to say, I'll just uh I have two things I want to say. The first thing is that, sorry, <clears throat> sorry. Hello, everyone. The first thing I want to say is that while y'all were talking, I was going on Twitter and there's two things that stood out to me. I was looking at that, looking for that, um, that tweet you said about um, Chris Smalls when um, earlier, I forgot her name, the young Christian lady who came on earlier. Um, and she was talking about Christian Smalls and, you know, about the um, Act Blue, which I didn't know about. So I was trying to look for that tweet. Going through Chris Small's Twitter page, he's actually going on tour this summer. And guess who's going on tour with? Steven Dawson. Who? Yeah, that motherfucker's suspect too. <laughs> Steven Dawson is going to get Because I was like, he's on house arrest, and I guess he's going to get off house arrest when he gets on tour because it was only for two years. But uh, sorry, go ahead, Sad. What were we saying? He's a part of Marianne Williamson's campaign. So that's why. Uh, what's that? What's your friend's name again? Um, I'm put. Uh, I'm clicking that link. I'm putting it in the chat again right now. So you're thinking of Lucy? No. Uh, Colin. Colin actually tweeted at him saying, "This event is primary, primarily don't donor funded. Care to share which donors?" I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yep. I And someone said, oh, it was Lucy. My bad. Lucy said, okay, but tell Steve to lay off his Democratic, his Democrat crap. <laughs> I love it. And another thing um, to what we were talking about earlier. I don't know you if you said this, Sabby. I only know this because it came up on my, um, on my YouTube recommendations. I don't subscribe to David Dole. But you know I do watch him from time to time, and we and we're not going to get in that conversation. But um, he came up on my YouTube, and it showed the picture of TYT. I'm like, okay, let me see what mess TYT done got into this time. And it was about what you reported t- tonight. And then today, I am subscribed to Mike Figueroa. Once again, we're not going to have that conversation. But um, Mike Figueroa finally came out and, and basically said why he left TYT, and it was for this reason. At the same time, one of um, 
a former uh, person who worked for our um, Rebel HQ, a non-binary person, they quit because of how TYT, well, Jenk and Anna treat the, or try to obfuscate the um, LGBTQ community. And then a trans person also quit. Um, her name yep. is Benny Corello. Now, I just saw this tweet. I don't know if you saw, but Jenk just tweeted this out. And it just, it, it was the first thing that popped up when I clicked on Twitter. This is what Jenk said. He said, she quit, so she is too pure for us. Number two, she's an unhinged person who has been called, has called me evil, racist, transphobe, and other endless insults, and lied about our private conversations. Wow, what a level-headed person that I could learn and grow from by talking to. Great idea. <laughs> Ole is actually responding to this tweet saying, first, I was taken aback by the sheer audacity of being this transparent in the conscious community to paint a trans person as unhinged. But then I was horrified as a lawyer by any employer that would be this stupid to describe an employee this way publicly. The, le the legal exposure, wow. Well, remember, Jan Uger said the N-word on national on, on TYT multiple times, so he should know about who's racist. I mean, <laughs> there was one guy who basically he was working. Yeah, there was one employee that did a YouTube video because he, he quit TYT. I mean, maybe you saw this. He was a black guy, and he was on, he was on, on, on the Internet, but the video is gone. And he said that Jank Uger one time, they called him the N-word at TYT, and he went to Jank Uger. He told him that. And Jim Kugler told him to toughen up, toughen up because he himself was called the N word too at times, and he basically got over it. I think that yep. person sued that. I remember him. He sued TYT, and he called out. Did the he racist. win? Yeah, he called. Yeah, I remember that. He called out the racist at TYT, and also, um, yeah, and also, I didn't know this. And this is when this is my. I started watching TYT back in 2012. And what? Um, I what really got back to me for um, that is that remember when um, Jimmy Dore had his own show on TYT? It was called Aggressive Progressive. It was him and an, uh, an Asian guy. I can't remember his name. Asian guy, I can't remember but his name. That show but was that treading show more was than their treading more than Travis. Can you, Travis? Can you turn turn off your mic? Turn off your mic. Hello, Travis. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. I'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, Travis. Can you turn off your yeah, mic? Yeah, Travis. Can you turn off your mic for just a second? Thank you. Um, at one time, progressive, 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 progressive was treading higher than um, the flagship show of TYT to the point that Jank actually put it behind a paywall. I don't think you all remember that because it was actually a really good show. Thank you, Steve-O. That's his name, Eric. Steve-O, that was his name. Steve-O was one of the people who were like the night of the meltdown was like before the meltdown. He's like, oh, it's going to be a historical night. We're going to have our first our first woman president and there is no way that she can beat Donald Trump. I and I've never seen him ever since. Um but that was my awakening to seeing how TYT was shifting. And I don't remember when I stopped watching them, but like you said, everyone says they slowly became the Trump network. They were the Trump Trump this Trump this Republican this Republican that. And I remember when at one point Anna did say, I'm sick and tired of the Democrats. You do nothing, y'all. Don't do shit. Y'all ain't shit. And she, she rightfully called him out. And the next day she said, oh, that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. It's like, okay, that's, that's what we're doing today, not today. See. But, 
But, but can I just say something like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Because what's really interesting to me is when we talk about the whole cult-like behavior, it was really interesting to me how Olay like blocked all of us at RBN. And she's been on RBN multiple times and she came on my show and she, she blocked, like, I was like, why the fuck does she block me? Like, just because. I'm not surprised. She's now with um, David and um, David and Mike. She's not David part of the but my, but my thing is, is don't be coming complaining because they weren't, because I saw the, the clip on YouTube, or excuse me, on Twitter, where she was complaining that they didn't stand up for her, but they were standing up for Anna. Don't come coming complaining because you blocked an entire black group and you chose to align yourself with all those those white dudes and then you want to complain that they weren't standing up for you don't even come like don't don't even complain man don't even complain you see i can see past let me make something clear i can see past the bullshit i can tell jb and i talked about this earlier today about black capitalism black capitalism is not the fucking solution so you bragging all the time that you went to law school, okay? You bragging all the time that you immigrated to this country and you went to law school and you know this, 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 and that. That don't mean shit to me if you are silencing other fucking black voices, okay? Sounds like something Noel was saying. Because the moment the white people that you are aligned with, you start to disagree with them and you start to move in a different direction, and they ain't got your back, you're going to be on your motherfucking own. And that's what people need to understand. So the thing is, to me, it's just this. is like, you you don't care about war. You don't care about foreign policy. You don't vote. Like, this has all been said. Like, you, you can't vote. So why you on a political show? You can't vote. You don't care about foreign policy. You don't care about war. You don't care about none of that shit. I thought you was pro that. Do what? I thought she was pro all that. She's on. She sees on the left, a liberal take. I thought she was pro uh, against war and all that shit. She said she didn't care. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that yeah. was my. Like, I guess like, that was my what, fantasy. Like what the fuck? I know a black capitalist when I see one. God damn it! And every time I turn around, if you're talking about, I got law school, I'm a lawyer, I went to this school, I went to that school. How many times do you guys hear me tell you where I went to school? How many times you got to hear me, these are my credentials, these are my this, these are my that. Like, no, I see past you, boo, and let's keep it real. Like, you came to this country with opportunities that some of us who were born in this country would never fucking get. So let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Can I ask you a question, Sabi? How often do you tell us? Go ahead. Every day. How do I know? Because the diploma's are right behind you. Every time this game other people forget, I have a master's degree. I see, I'm like, yeah, she knows she's doing it. And honestly, you don't have to remind us. I love the fact that you have a degree in journalism. I admire it. And, but for Ole, for me, for Ole, what it is, you're right, because on the um, leftist media, the left was leftist mafia, they kicked off one of their members. Now that business started to get kicked off because she was crazy. But when plagiarism. Oh, plagiarism. She, 
plagiarism, um, narcissism, bullying, just a, a whole, it's, it's still an ongoing case with that woman. But um, when they kicked her off, they didn't even meet with her. They met behind their back and said, okay, yeah, we're gonna get rid of her. I'm like, if they're gonna do that to her, what makes me think they're gonna do that to you? And like you said, it's all white dudes. But they, but no. they said, they said they hold met up. with her. Hold up, Jonathan. No, I think they said they tried to meet with let, her, let but me, she didn't want to. Jonathan, let me, let me make something clear. What black, look, black people born in this country, like, why would you, the name of the show is Leftist Mafia? Why would you align yourself with that shit? Considering what the mafia did to the black community in this country? Get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? You know, you know, she picked that motherfucking name. They really? picked that name and said, hey, come join us. Be our motherfucking token. I, I was going to say that word, Sabrina. I was gonna, like, she seemed like a token on that show. Because CJ once said it, uh, I think he, she did, she did the live stream one time. He said, if she wasn't on that show, they'd all be fucking boring. So l- let me ask this. Uh, Jonathan, who were you? You, you said this. I, I kind of missed it. I was like doing laundry. You said um, someone got rid of someone. The leftist mafia had a six. It was six people that started off. The, the sixth person that they had to kicked off was Illuminati, aka Blair. She, out of all of the the people that hosted that show, she had the most subscribers. I wouldn't even say collectively. She has like one point five million subscribers. The problem was, and it's a whole long story. You have to you have to type in Illuminati and see Illuminati with two eyes in the beginning and two eyes at the end to get the she, whole backstory. The, but she um yeah that's the pyramid head. She was crazy. Yes, her the pyramid head. Yep. She was okay. she was a, she was here's the thing. She was a part of the show. When I went back to like to, I never seen the show when she was on it. So when I went back to you know because I never heard her talk politically. I'm like I didn't know she was a I didn't know she was right or left or whatever. She didn't bring nothing to the table. She was just there. She was just there because she had a high subscriber count. She, so she didn't contribute to anything. But um, yeah, it, it was her that kicked her off. And when they did, they did address it. And yeah. You said because, you said it was her that kicked her off. Who, who, who's the her that kicked her off? I'm sorry. It was them that kicked her off. They, well, initially they said they tried to meet with her first before they kicked her off. But then they met behind closed doors as a group and decided, yeah, she got to go. Well, the funny part about that, Jonathan, they didn't want to talk about it, but the chat didn't want to hear it. They wanted them to talk about it, and they forced their hands. And apparently, uh, in the chat, LPA Film said that uh, Olemi had a, like, on her channel, she had a bunch of black Democrats on, and they dragged Cornel West for basically running independent, not as a Democrat. Yeah, and she had Conscious Lee on there, who's been on RBN. And that was the thing that me because when Conscious Lee came on RBN, he was talking a lot of revolutionary talk, and then he's going to go on the channel and shame Cornell West for running as a green. Like, look, let me be like real with you guys. Some of the like so called I'm a revolutionary person today, these motherfuckers still Democrats. How the hell are you revolutionary and you in the Democratic Party? Corrupting, Real revolution ain't even thinking about this shit. That don't, no- that don't make no sense to me. Yeah, of course. Let me get a bunch of black black Americans together so we can clown Dr. West. And like I said before, she is not from here. She not here. She can't vote, guys. 
She's mentioned this multiple times before. She cannot vote. Well, she's she not. She's not American, or she doesn't she, have she, the. She doesn't have the. Uh, remember, you have to be a citizen to vote. Yeah. Well, what does so she, she have it on after all this time? Like, just do the uh, citizen test or some shit. I don't, I don't know. know, but but she she can't vote, and, and I have and there are other people like there's a lot of people here in Massachusetts in the same situation. Is like, yeah, they're here, they live here, but they're not a full American citizen, so they can't vote. And so that's the thing. It's like, why the fuck y'all taking advice from someone who American politics it really really hasn't affected them in that way. Also, um, when you was talking about. Why would you accept the the mafia label if you're black or whatever? I want to take you back to a time of the late 90s when all the rappers was thought that they were Italian. Uh, You was mentioning Foxy Brown before. She was Italiano, got the Luciano. Uh, Biggie, all of them were talking about uh, having freaking like they were the mob and Putting a little like mob music in their in their songs and stuff like that. So and they image themselves as the Scarface and the Godfather and yeah, I remember and all that was I, and that was stupid because the mafia yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. the mafia fucking let me be Hate clear you. let me be clear for people who are not aware the mafia brought drugs into the black community they yeah. destroyed the black communities. Now, I'll keep it real with you. Like, obviously, like half my family is Italian. They don't fuck with that shit. They don't like that that whole slang, like, let's call ourselves mafia. They don't like that shit. Right. And right, you know, yeah, a lot yeah. of people walking around saying, oh, I'm part of mafia. Da, da, da. What the fuck is that? Do you even know what that means in this country in reference to the black community? Oh, but I well, forget. See, if you take a, if you take oh, a but look I forget. at it. But I for, but forget you don't really consider yourself to be black un, un, unless you get discriminated against the same way black people do. And I'd be the same pushback they give. I'm not black. I'm so and so. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I started to say this, and, not my opinion. Some people, but just like it turns me off when, like you said, Roger, when people try to align themselves with the mafia, black people, it pisses me off when black people go around saying Wakanda forever. That is not. Ah. He says what? Wakanda, Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Oh, Wakanda, Wakanda. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Wakanda's not reality, period. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fictional thing Stanley and Jack Kirby made up. There was, a, there was a gif about it, though. Like, somebody made a, a good video. Like, if you if white people, after watching Wakanda forever, Wakanda forever, they, they, they all feel something different. And correct me if I'm wrong, you don't want to I'm doing that. Like it's black. I was like, it's not even Africans don't even do that crap. But black people talk about what kind of because <laughs> Noel, come in here, please. Well, let's get let's let's bring in Travers because Travers has Stop. been waiting. Uh, what's up, Travers? And then we'll go to Noel. Just gotta unmute. Uh oh, Travers. Travers, you hit the mute button. Now you gotta unmute. Hello. There you go. There you go. Hello. What's up? up how are we doing right apparently i'm the token white person for this evening so you can just call me token um obviously i'm not american so i'm irish so genetically about 80 percent potato and 20 percent carrot if you're looking for ethnicity um i just wanted to say i've been listening to you for a couple of weeks sabby and uh 
really impressed. Really impressed. Um, I got, I kind of got into American politics after forced to vote. Um, yeah, I, I, I used to watch TYT and God forbid, what's his name? The, uh, the guy from Bob's Burgers. Oh, Jesus. Cedar. Sam Cedar and all that. And same thing. I just, I started to reevaluate all of them and just saw them all as grifters. Um, big Jimmy Dore fan, then not, then big Jimmy Dore fan again, then questioning him a bit, but about 80% of a Jimmy Dore fan now still. Um, I just want to say, you know, you, you do a phenomenal job. One thing, um, one thing I would, I did want to say was that, uh, Jordan Charriton, I know he gets a lot of grief on your channel. Not yours, but like the OBN network. I didn't really understand why until tonight. Because he doesn't talk about you guys at all. And every time I go, well, not every time, but every second time I go on OBN, there's something bad being said about him. And I understand a little bit more now why there's so much... Um, animosity towards him, which is a shame because your politics and his underground reporting, eh, that for me is a very, very good combo. I also do on the ground reporting, just FYI. Not the only Why one. I, not the only I'm one. Reporting. I'm reporting. Yeah, I haven't seen you guys. You did say that. And the uh, shame no, no, Travers. No, if you no, go to Travers, my homepage, if you, could you, you for just a second, you have an you echo. For just a second, you have an echo. Oh, sorry. Uh, crap, I'll have to figure this out. As like your your link into uh, yeah. into um, into uh, wait pages. Wait. Oh, pages. You, you have to mute oh, for a second. You have to mute Travers. for a second, Travers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm figuring that. Oh. So I did a force mute, but then I have to bring it back in. So what I was going to say is that if you go to my YouTube page, there is a section on the home page that says on the ground reporting. There are, there's a whole bunch of videos there where I've been on the ground. In fact, most recently where I was on the ground reporting about elderly and disabled people who were being pushed out of their, their freaking apartments because developers bought their apartments. So I don't know what you're looking at. But it's on my homepage. You have to un unmute. There you go. There you go. Got it. <laughs> Slowly figuring it out. Um, yeah, no, I, I generally just catch the live streams. So uh, I actually haven't been on your page. You just subscribed. I get a notification for the live streams and all that. So, yeah, I didn't realize you guys did that too, which is which is good. I'll check out some of your old... Uh, underground stuff but uh yeah no i just wanted to give you a pat on the back and say thank you you do a you do a pretty good job your politics 99 99 of it i'd be in line with um you you see through the bullshit better than anyone i think i've seen on the online left which is pretty good um so, yeah, um, that's really all I had to say.
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's bring in um, Hoop Skeezy. Hoop Skeezy. Hoop Skeezy. Hi. I think that's your name. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. How you guys doing? Doing good. What's up? Well, I was just saying, um, you know, we got a lot of criticism for everybody. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror. You know, we've all been in a bad place. I just put that on there. You know, capitalism has turned us all into savages at some point, you know, and uh, trying to change the way you are is, uh, you know, you've grown, you've learned one way. And now, you know, with everything that's coming out with the online and stuff, I mean, it's hard to... uh, you know, even think about the stuff, everything we've learned is a lie, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I try not to judge people that hard. You know what I'm saying? We gotta, yeah, I hear we, you. We need to come together with everybody instead of making it all just a divisive thing. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm definitely like a Cornell West supporter. I mean, that was the only thing that... He's the only one saying everything right, you know. But uh, yeah, the left is uh, it's it can get culty, and and we've seen it over the. I mean, how how can you be a left and say, let's go to war? <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? That's like the number one. That's like first rule, right? The fuck. So I mean, when the Democrats started doing the left and war. Like that was easy for any of us to see who was faking. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying. Savvy, you know what I'm saying. But you know, if you've been listening to these TYTs and the uh, Jimmy or the uh, Sam Cedars and the Emmas and the Naomi's and the, uh, you know, if you've been listening to them people, you got to stop. So. Mm. You know, we got to one thing I will say is like, it's hard to come together when there are people who are just hearing you with lies. Ops. They're ops. They're trying to divide us any way they can. But but they always been doing this. You you know what I'm saying? I've been pissed off for 20 years. My birthday is like, I think mine and your birthday are within a few days of each other, literally 81 in March, you know? Oh, you're a Marchie. March, March 3rd, 81. I think your birthday's around there somewhere. I remember you saying it was around my birthday when you were saying it was your birthday. But anyway, um, you know, we've dealt with it our whole life, like almost. So it's it's just, I mean, I'm saying the propaganda and then deciphering through it. And it takes people, you know, it's taken me years of, paying attention to the wrong things to know what the wrong things are. You know what I mean? And there's not a lot of people like you and RBN and the, you know, the kids and the people that um, really do speak truth. So, I mean, you know, look how much CJ has grown in the time y'all have been with RBN or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just look how much he's grown in that time. See what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think I think the thing is is that I'm just gonna keep it real with you guys and tell you what I've noticed in the space. White people don't like being called out. 
Fuck, no, they don't. Because they, they can't deal with the fact they got to look in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Savvy, you made that very <laughs> obvious with your interview with Pasta. He did not like that. And and you were rightfully pushing back, pushing him back on that. But he just was not listening to reason whatsoever. The, oh, well, what, what Chris had just said about white people. Whoa, 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 whoa. It was like, oh, are you kidding me? Uh, I'm glad y'all came to the conclusion that you did, though. You know what I'm saying? That, like, I mean, you know, I mean, there is no excuse for that shit. But but the only thing is, is they've never had to walk a mile in any of our shoes. So, I mean. Jonathan. Mm-hmm. I mean. You can thank me for that. Oh, yes. Yes, yes thank you, Roger. I'm sorry. You're right. Thank you, Roger. You're right. Thank you. I prepared. But yeah, that antenna is terrible, and the pasta was. Whoa! I mean, I, man, it's it's hard to think that you have respect for people that, and then they have this take. It's like sometimes, you know. So I get, I get where y'all come. I get where we're all coming from. You know, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Well, my whole thing was, was this, nobody was saying like, we have to make people, we have to make sure that black people are comfortable off of what Trump was saying. People <laughs> were saying that, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, nobody was saying, we got to make sure black people are comfortable with the fact that Bernie Sanders doesn't want to advocate Look, for reparations. I could, ne- I could never vote for RFK just because of the Zionist shit. Like, the number one thing I'd be, I'm against is genocide. My family is Native American and black. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, I I just, I don't understand these people. Like, and it's, it goes down to they never had to do it. They've never had a struggle. They've never had to see it. They've never had a, that lens. You know what I mean? And, and ever. Especially. Um, like, you know, in your interview, Sabi, like, I thought, like, I live in re- red America, okay? Uh, rural America, I know Republicans, I know people who voted for Trump. What's the- and Pasto pretending that, you know, all Republicans are, you know, like, uh, very anti that, like, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, Cornell has to focus his message about, you know, about the vaccines and he really has to shoe in to get those voters. But when he said those voters, what he really meant was himself. Because I know Trump voters who like, and this is not me, but like, I know Trump voters who are doctors who said the vaccine was a miracle because it got approved so fast. Like they believe in God and all that shit, uh, which I don't. But like, you know, like there, there are, people are complicated. And Pasta was pretending like, you know, like Cornell had to appeal specifically to Pasta in order to appeal to, quote unquote, Red America. And I've only seen this behavior from people who have lived in California. Like, I've, you know, like really misunderstanding what Trump voters are or aren't or what people care about. I think as long as Cornell is himself, he's a much better option than anybody else. Yeah, I did. I did find that that funny when they were having the debate. And uh, uh, some some people there were some team pasta in the chat when that was happening, and then Sabri the cornered them a couple of times, and the, the, the team pasta was not happening. And, and there's like, not happening. There's the these, like, these man, people are, are just. There's also people I've seen other people who do this. Like they throw 
uh, Palestinians first under the bus. They say nobody <laughs> cares. It's one issue. Why? Why do you? Why do you shut up? And How is this not the number one issue? You it's know a moral. Saying? It's a moral issue. And like yes, I got absolutely. so much shit for it for saying that about Marianne. Like, oh but I'm, and I've said it about RFK just the same. Yeah, how, how is that not, you know, and they're always, you know, how is the U.S. government always on the opposite side of the moral issue? You know what I mean? Like with the Ukraine thing, they, you know, with the Palestine thing, they always on the opposite side, fun in Israel. I mean, it's just because there is never you know, any interrogation of American foreign policy. And if you think about it, you know, in our domestic policy, they have to spin the left, right, Democrat, Republican, black, white things. They have to do that to keep the masses yeah. polarized. But when yeah. it comes to U.S. foreign policy, the Democratic presidents and the Republicans are lockstep. It's the same thing, warmed over. And no one ever brings critique to American foreign policy well, in a awesome. way that would be revelatory in terms of you know, the imperialist um, external posture is the same as the capitalist internal posture is one and the same. But if you don't call into question, you know, that's the one thing that I appreciate about Chris Hedges and Cornel West so much is that they call into question because people are on autopilot and they're just drinking at the you know fountain of whatever the media says and they're so yep. busy surviving Bye, that they don't have time to really dissect it and contemplate it but if you really think about it there is no more immoral presence on the face of the planet than the than u.s um, we just have to be able to look at it and you know the 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 hat trick is to be able to speak to these different disparaged communities and bring it to the system, bring it to capitalism, because you don't want to necessarily antagonize people. But America has been this way for its entire life. And that's why I consistently say it's a plantation nation. That's the only real paradigm that allows you to frame everything and get it right. You know, what, I mean, and, I, and like I say, when you think of American history, everything that we have been living for the entirety of our sojourn in this nation is now coming to the white masses and they are in a tizzy. But we've seen this to the degree that we know our history. We've seen it. This is what you've done to us all the time. It may be new to you. But this extraction, this uber extraction that capitalism means, we've been at the very base of it the entire time. And that's why, you know, when you raise the issue of what has happened to the descendants of slaves, it's all of a sudden controversial because people have to own it. People have to come to that table and say, yeah, you know, just like the um, parable, the German Jewish parable, when the monster was next door and I heard them screaming, I didn't do anything. Then it came closer and I didn't do anything. Now it's at my door. And so, you know, but there's a way that you have to shape that message so that people hear it and don't become so defensive before they can hear. Because really, capitalism is the problem. You cannot build a nation out of extraction. 
it just well, a lot. And a lot of the problem is information and education because, like, how many people do you know outside of real leftists that know about the palace about Palestine? Really, what's going on in Palestine? Out of real leftists, not a lot because, like, who puts that shit on the media? You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people don't even really know about it, and let, like, I'm saying, poor people in the in the places we talking about. Because poor here's places. the thing: nobody's you know I mean? really going to. Because there is a very, very they want to divide powerful, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. <laughs> but there is a very powerful Jewish lobby that is yep, integrated yep. into the media, and you're not going to get those messages off without consequence. That that's yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So when you do go to poor communities, they, you know, they they listen is what I'm saying. So. Hey, Sabrina. Hello. Hello. Y'all be, y'all I'm going to head good. out in just a second. I want to make sure I bring in Chris, but go ahead, Ashura. I, I was going to say, do you have any inkling what the Cornell's plan for education in America is going to be? Because I, 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 uh, I think Jonathan said in the chat that he was uh, from a charter school. And you know how you know charter schools are with you know public schools. They tend to funnel all the money towards them. And then basically give nothing to the poor, to the public schools because, you know, the zip code is poor. So if the public schools are for, you know, people who have the money to pay for it, why not let them fund, fund the schools and then take all the money that was going to, going to them and just give it to the public schools? I wonder if Cornell West has the, uh, has a basic plan to basically flip that shit, basically stop giving them government, uh, sending money towards charter schools and just let the rich pay for that shit. I don't know. Well, I can- um, Go ahead, Roger. So um, I just wanted to, so I'm going to answer your question, but I just wanted to pivot back a little bit when regarding uh, uh, pasta. Um, Jonathan, I don't know if you saw Kit interview pasta. Um, Did you see him interview pasta? Uh, No. So, okay. So if you've seen it, there was something that he said that I thought was very um, dismissive and arrogant. Um, where I had I had did one of you know little Rockfin chats, and I said, "Listen, um, j- just because I forgot what I said, but it, was, it has something to do with just because Cornell West is from the community." does not mean that he's automatically going to get the community's vote. Yeah, you know? I think he said something he's, like that. Kit did so, comment so, so, on so, that. So, so the thing is, is that you, before you go running off to Trump country, you better secure your community first. So when Kit was asking the question, in the middle of him asking it, Pasta was just like, no, no. Hey, look, look. He, 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 he's going to get those votes anyway, okay? He had to go to Trump country and do this and do that and do that. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? What, what is this Democrat shit? You know, like, the uh, taking, taking our votes for granted? Mm-hmm. I was like, so I commented back, and I said, look, these are not vote blue. First of all, when have black people ever voted green anyway? That's one. So you're making an assumption I have to, circumstantially, I have to believe you're saying that because he's from the community, okay? Number two, okay, number number two, um, the vote blue no matter who people, 
which are usually black women who are uh, boomers and silent mature, they're not voting green. So what do you mean that yeah, he's already going to get that community? Right, right. So, so hold on. Let, let, let me, because because I'm gonna get to like what you were saying with the education. I just want to get through it real quick. And um, he was like, you know, like uh, so it, so he was he. So, oh yeah, I said the under fifty crowd. They got screwed by the first black president. Okay, and he wasn't even American Freedman. Okay, so there was like a dismissiveness, a, a a barrier where he really did not have the lived experience of. Freedmen growing up in America, or whatever. So there, so the under fifty black crowd is very like, uh, you know, like because I've heard a few of them talk, and it's like, yeah, he's coming with this black preacher stuff, and blah, blah. just like when Sabrina did her, her did a revolutionary blackout network show about uh, Yusef Salam coming with the preacher rhetoric from the Exonerated Five or whatever, come with the preacher rhetoric, whatever, whatever the case is. So a lot of the young black people, whatever. So when I saw that, I did not know that Sabrina was going to have him on the show. And I had sent, I had sent that interview that Kit did with him. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have him on the show tomorrow. So that, that's why she was, she was already there because she saw that interview. That's why she was able to, to, to hit back like that. Well, and, and, and push him I, on whatever. Before I bring people on, I already watch other interviews before I bring them on anyway. Yeah. So I, I would have seen it. Yeah, yeah. So on top of that, so to answer your question, um, uh, Shura, the way we finance education in this country, you don't, do you know how we finance it? Shura? No, no, okay. Through the property taxes. Uh, property taxes, property taxes, property taxes, property taxes, right? So you're going to get more financing in the suburbs with this high home ownership and low, um, low rentals. But in the big cities, low home ownership, high rentals. And that's where Title so, One kicks in. But that's where Title One kicks in. So there is. I don't know what that is, but that sounds important. But it's um, very important, actually. Savvy, do you want to elaborate? I, I forget, but I, I will say, like, it's all based on property taxes. So if you live in a community that most of the people don't own property and they're renting, then more likely you're going to have under-resourced and underserviced schools. Well, why are there so many laws? So, 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 so let me, so, so sure, let me, let me, let me finish answering your question, right? The only way this would actually be even is if the federal government, at best, state government at least, was to pick up 100% or at least 90% of the financing of all public schools, then you won't have this fight. Because the reason why, um, the reason why charter schools popped up was because of underfinancing of the, of the, um, of the public schools in the big metropolitan areas because there's low home ownership, there's high rental and renters don't pay property taxes. You go out to the suburbs and you don't really see, you see a few suburbs. I mean, you see a few suburbs, usually in the black neighborhoods, they have some or whatever, but not as much as in the cities, right? So what I'm saying is you can solve all of this if the federal government just picked up 
100% or at least 90% of the tab of financing all public school districts, giving proportional financing to those that are more at risk, and maybe like the last 10% the states could, could, could kick in. Yeah, because every time I hear you guys talk about like uh, schools, public schools, or charter schools, I'm like, why are they so against poor people? To what they're targeting them that much, but putting a bunch of these laws, taxes based on that against people in the poor communities. But you should be, they should have been funded, fully funded, and let the rich handle with their char- charter schools. Well, see, that's the that's the yeah. problem because every charter school is not the same, and me and Colin have both said this publicly that our charter schools are not the same so people could take this broad brush and think oh like p diddy and and um kanye when they start their charter schools that's what they think no every charter school is run differently i was with a large network i was with i'll say i was with kip kip has several different networks kip is usually owned by non-profit do we get public do we get private support yes we do from time to time well i'm sorry when i was with them I, we would get private support but you got to remember, majority of teachers who teach in charter schools, people listen, listen very carefully. The majority of teachers who teach in charter schools came from the public schools. And I couldn't understand why, because when I first became, when I became a teacher, I was in the New York City Department of Education. That's where I got my training. And the reason why, and of course, working for the public schools, they tell, you know, charter schools, this, charter schools, that. But when I switched over to charter schools, I noticed the difference between the, two, between the two. When I was in the public school system, the one thing that they were concerned about, you know the number one priority at the public schools was? You know the number one priority was, Ashura? Roger? Funding? You know the number one, huh? Funding or the number of nope. kids enrolled? Nope. Nope. Job security. That's all it was, keeping the job, trying to work your way up. And we went, I would say, in quotes, the corporate ladder. Because when you're a teacher, you don't make that much money. But the longer you stay in and the higher you go up, you make more and more money. By your eighth year for the New York City Department of Education, if you have a master's degree and by your eighth and ninth year, you're making over $100,000. So you make good money as a public school teacher. So you're trying to keep that job. That's why a lot of people, that's why even though there's a mass exodus of teachers, you don't see a lot of them come from New York City. That's why a lot of them try to hold on to their job so they can get to that pension. This is why you have the teachers union already endorsing George, uh, Joe Biden. I give to a um, to a union that is oh, sorry, not a union, in, uh, a rank and file group, sort of like Worker Strike Back, that pushes the union to do their job because the union, the United Federation of Teachers, are now in bed with the New York City Department of Education. And when I went to the charter school, you know what the number one priority was the students. It was always student centered. I Still to this day, I get, I get, I used to, before I, before I went to charter school, I had a lot of PTSD, anxiety. I just started seeing a therapist because of the way I was treated by my superintendent, by my principal, by my AP. When I left my charter school, the last one I left, I had to get therapy because of the connections I had with my students. So, and, and I mean and that in a positive way, because I believe because of personal reasons, but because of the connections I had with them, it had, I had a lot of withdrawal for them. So I'm saying from my experience, and the reason why you see public schools teachers going to usually to charter schools is because it doesn't matter how much you pay dues to the union, you still don't get what you want. And then, and the only way you can really speak up and open is if you're tenured. 
that takes about five years and the process is long and litigious. You could actually teach, let me give you an example. You could be somebody who's certified as a math teacher. And then you want to switch over to be an English teacher. If you switch over to being, if you taught math for five for three years, and you want to switch over to being an English teacher, you have to start your tenure process all over again. It takes five years to be tenured. That means five years for you to actually be able to be vocal and still keep your job. So a lot of teachers don't speak up, and I'm not that person, obviously. So I'm saying from experience, for me, as somebody who did both charter and public, if you gave me an option to say, which one do you want? I would say I would choose charter because my number one focus is the children. And if kids are not the number one focus, you're in the wrong business. I'm just saying for me. Yeah, it's definitely not an industry that you go into because you want to make a lot of money. Like you really have to be passionate about teaching. And if you're not passionate about teaching, you should definitely not go into that profession. I'm just going to keep it real. Um, but I do, I do have to head out, um, cause it's getting kind of late and I'm going to be on fault lines at 1030 and then I'll be live at 4 PM Eastern time with Jill Stein and, uh, yeah, it should be a good conversation. And I have like three news stories. We're going to talk about this whole situation that happened with Kiki Palmer also tomorrow. Because yes, I was like, yes. Yes, I was not going to cover it at first, and then people were like, no, you should talk about it, like this whole issue with the way she was dressed and stuff like that. Like, I'm going to talk about it from maybe a little bit of a different perspective, because I think that I've seen other people cover it, and I think there's a big piece that it has not been mentioned, and I, I do want to talk about that as well. By the so. way, Sabrina, before you go... Uh, when's that? Uh, what's that? Nick and CJ talked about. They had a summit coming up. When's that coming up? Um, Isn't it working strike back? That I think that's the 29th. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's they had a summit coming up recently. 29th. It's been a long time. 29th. It's on Twitter. That's also the same day I have the the barbecue for the mutual aid barbecue. So, oh, okay. I, 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 I thought later. it was this weekend. So, no. also. Also, I've been trying to mention this um, all night. Um, check this out. I have, an, I have an idea. Well, it's not my idea. A friend of mine put me up on game with this, right? So how about this? We do in a cooperative fashion how you was, there was a few times people on here were talking about sending reporters and things of that nature to cover this and cover that, so on and so forth. Why don't all of us be the reporters in our community and then we just send you what we got, Sabrina. You see what I'm saying? Like, I have a right around the corner for me. I'm waiting for them to strike. There's a big, gigantic UPS place that I can walk to. I haven't seen any picket signs yet. You see what I'm saying? But if the moment I see them, I'm going to go up there, go up to them and talk to them. Put them on camera. Send it to you. I think that's something maybe... Instead of having to depend on like money to try to get cameras and I might have to hire a crew or whatever the case is, all of us in this space be our own citizen reporters on the street. You know what I'm saying? We, we see something that's like I agree. really worth I agree. Like, oh. like, this is honestly like um, what you just mentioned, Roger, is something I've been wanting to do for a while. I just didn't want to say anything about it until I got things like kind of settled. But 
Um, that is something I I was gonna reach out to you guys to ask eventually oh. at some point to ask to do. If you see something happening and you film it or whatever and you want to send it in, I think that would be great. Um but yeah, I think no, I think that's a good idea because you're right. Like it's I mean, even those of us those of us at RBN, there's five of us. Like we don't, you know, there's five and we don't have the resources. And when Eric and I report on the ground, like Eric will tell you, we use a cam uh, like a, a, a camera on the phone. Like we don't have fancy stuff. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's but but Eric does like a whole high tech setup that um that I don't know how to do. We can. This yeah. is this is us working in a cooperative manner. You see what I'm saying? And like. I know as a volunteer, I want to be very clear. I'm, you know, like I'm not expecting a check from Sabrina or anything like that. But I mean, volunteer, a, a cooperative volunteer of just news reporting on the ground, all of us in our own states, in our own communities, just, hey, oh, this will be good. Let me let me talk, walk up to these people. And, you know, you see a strike, get in it, start asking them questions, you know, uh, roll this. Here, speaking to the camera, whatever the case is, you know what I'm saying? So this is something all of us can per, can actually participate in on the side of running some ballot initiatives also. Just had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that sounds great. I think that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Cool, that's all it. Right. Thanks so much, Roger. Thanks so much for reminding me of that because I... That was something I wrote down, but I a while back, but I it fell off my radar. But guys, I, I do have to get going. Thank you so much for hanging out. I'll be on Sputnik um, on Thought Lines tomorrow morning. They're also on Rumble for those of you who've been wondering. If you just go to Rumble and search um, Thought Lines, they have their own thing. Um, I'll be on there around about ten forty, and then uh, I'll be live with Jill Stein at four p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So I'll be early. I'll be live early tomorrow, guys, just FYI, because uh, to accommodate Jill. So you'll get to find out more things about Cornell West campaign because she's his campaign manager. So you'll get to hear more about that and other things as well. Other than that, good night. Keep up the fight. Party. Good night, everybody. Here we go again. <laughs> Good morning, heartache. You're the one who knew me when. Might as well get used to you hanging around. Good morning, heartache. Sit down. Good night. All right. Thank you, Noel. <laughs> Peace out, guys. Good night.